Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. We're live in Jerusalem, and we got to start with the obvious, and that is uh, commending everybody from the entire United States and beyond, because as we know, there are people there from, excuse me, from outside the United States as well. We got to commend everybody who made it to Washington yesterday and commend those who tried to make it to Washington yesterday but may have been... Uh, may have been diverted by um, bus driver sit-outs and things like that, which is outrageous, but well, I guess we'll do that on Friday. We'll talk about some of the negative aspects of yesterday, nothing to do with our community. Of course, it was others that uh, took action like that. But the, the reality is that yesterday was, I mean, it's obvious from, I think it's obvious, if anybody has an objection to anything I'm saying, let me know if I get any of this wrong, but obviously a very... Uh, well-presented program with a lot of uh, great inspiration and entertainment, which I think is important for a crowd like that. It's obvious that at some point during the early parts of the rally, they clearly, clearly were in the hundreds of thousands of people, clearly over 100,000, and God knows probably much, much closer to 200,000 at the start. And all these estimates, I think, are legitimate. I mean, you know, someone wrote 300,000 people. Yeah, it may not be exactly 300, but we're talking about a crowd that got very close to that number. Imagine 1% of the entire Jewish population of the United States. Imagine almost the number of reservists in the Israeli army. Uh, a significant number, somewhere between two and 300,000 yesterday. And we, of course, watched all this from Israel. We watched all this from uh, 6,000 miles away with tremendous pride and uh, with messaging that um, I hope helped everybody's uh, psyche on the way down or on the way to Washington. And um, what can I say? It's a, uh, it's a tribute to the American Jewish community coming through the way they did. Those who took a leadership role, big yashikoach, those who took a role to play naysayers regarding the rally. Uh, I'm, I can't play God and, and talk about how he might feel about them. Um, but I will say that that was very disappointing, to say the least. Those who felt they needed the last minute to express um, sabotage-like remarks regarding the rally. But anyway, like I said, today's a day to focus on the positive. Egal Siegel is here, of course. He always joins me when I'm in Israel, and uh, he sits and watches from 6,000 miles away constantly. For the last 18 years, what's going on in the United States? We've been discussing every aspect of this war, including the right of Israel to defend itself, including the increased anti-Semitism in the United States, which, frankly, people like Egal and others just can't believe. I mean, we can't believe it, but we're there, so we'll often be the um, we'll often um, be the ones to see these episodes and to you know to be involved in these anti-Semitic activities. Uh, and we see a lot of different, uh, you know, outrageous types of protests and rallies every single night on the news and through social media that uh, directly affects communities 
back in the United States. But you're seeing it, of course, from many, many thousands of miles away, and it's very, very hard to process. For those who used to live in America and remember the United States as a certain type of country. And then, of course, the hostages. It's, you know, obviously the, the primary message right now is that we must, must, must do everything in our power to have the hostages returned home. That's obvious. And um, it's funny, Yigal, who's sitting right here, and I were just discussing in the cab over here to the Nefesh Benefesh headquarters, you know, we're wondering, does Israel have definitive information about the hostages? Or, God forbid, do they have very little information about the hostages? But who knows? All I know is that now in the month of Kislev, we're hoping for a Hanukkah miracle, frankly. Uh, good afternoon, Yigal Siegel. If you were in the United States, I would say good morning, like we're saying to all of our listeners that are in the U.S. right now. And a welcome to Jam in the AM. Thank you very much. We have quite a lineup today. We're going to be visited by, um, in addition to some prominent rabbinic guests, and uh, Rabbi Fass, of course, is going to join us again, and Tony Gelbart's now in town. I think one of the highlights of today, and I've been hoping for this for the last 10 days, uh, I think one of the highlights of today is that um, members of, I don't even know what to call them. I don't know if there's an official name, but those who have designated or dedicated days and weeks to volunteer in the medical field in Israel, they are a completely different heroic category uh, of this war. And today, less than an hour from now, if traffic goes the way we want it to go, (laughs) (laughs) the the representatives that we'll be speaking with, one of whom is a very close friend of this show, are going to be walking through that door, and we're going to have a chance to talk to, like I say, another category of Jewish hero. Just when you thought we had featured every category of Jewish hero on this program... We'll have an opportunity to speak to this category of Jewish hero, those who are. I'm, I'm excited because I heard maybe one of them is an orthopedist, and my right <laughs> knee is killing me. <laughs> you know, a seagull doesn't get, pass up an opportunity to speak to a doctor. Especially a foot doctor. No, but uh, I want to tell you that uh, from the little that I know, which is really not as much as a lot of other people know, these doctors have made such a significant difference here in, right. in, since the war started. A real contribution. And... You know, there's so many different things that we've seen people come from outside the country to volunteer for. The cowboys are coming right. to, you know, farmland. But this is obviously something so specialized, whatever whatever the specialty is, even, you know, a regular doctor, which is, you know. Well, it's funny, Karoy Fass has told us that not all regular doctors are asked to come. Right. That's the, from it, the last time right. you were Certain here. Certain specialties so, yeah. are really, really needed and uh, and, as you just said, make a real difference. Uh, to those who are suffering here in this war. I mean, uh, that's another thing where, where we just don't realize, and, the, and this is not a criticism of anybody. It's a reality that we're usually 6,000 miles away. People don't realize how many injured there are, how many wounded there are, how many people who will be permanently disabled in some way are a result of what's been happening over the last five weeks. So it's a, it, it's a, it's a process that you know, needs a lot of folks who know how to stem this tide. You know, and obviously emergency doctors and those who have the capability to act under emergency situations are really, really needed, and we'll meet some of them coming up here on a Wednesday at JM in the AM. Um, well, you and I were talking off the air. It's obvious that even someone like yourself living here has great pride in what happened yesterday in Washington. The community really came 100%. Through. I mean, uh, it was quite an event. They say it was the... I mean, according to the reports I saw, there was 290,000 people at least. Of course, we had our special reports from certain friends of ours who said, oh, there's a half a million people here. Okay, Baruch Hashem. (laughs) But it was the... Yeah, nobody wrote to us that there were a million. Although I I did say that once you get to a quarter of a million, that place looks like a billion, so it's fine with me, you know. No, it was extremely... 
I, I think it, it makes such an impression on people. And also, I saw that they screened uh, they screened the video for the, for members of Congress, right? Which I think is so important for oh, certain yeah. people to see uh, these images as much, as much as I don't want to even think about what's being seen. But right. uh, and also, it was know. great to see all the congressional leaders send in the House together in support of Israel. And it was like I say, they chose a lot of great people to entertain and to inspire. And uh, thank God the weather was great, which is right, always a yeah. big plus. And it doesn't seem, like, at least the New Yorkers, I'm sure people from other areas were up through the entire night, but it doesn't seem like New Yorkers got home that late. I don't know if I'm right about that. That's what, that's what I'm conjecturing. Well, that's, uh, I guess you get, you're getting uh, your information from the Seagull chat. <laughs> but, uh, and, the, um, and the other thing is, look, I sort of feel guilty that I was one of the people piling on to Senator Fetterman from Pennsylvania, you know, because he's an easy target. And I'm ashamed of myself now because this guy has turned out to be such a natural supporter. You know what it is? When you see that natural support where he's like, how can I not support? How can I, you know, there's something about that. When you know it's not political reasons, he just feels like. But I, it's not just saying it. Like we talked about it before, that he has pictures of the yeah. hostages in his office. Wearing I mean, an Israeli flag on his back at the yeah, rally, exactly. which is insane. It's unbelievable. I wish some of our elected officials would have, be, would have been behaving the same way. But again, yesterday was a good day for unity and a good day uh, to recognize everybody who came out with positive messages and the Baruch Hashem, if you were part of it, you should feel, feel very proud. And, and believe me, it'll make a difference for you, your, you and your family and your kids as you continue to, pro to progress through this war. Uh, when people ask, you know, where were you that day? The answer is Washington. And when people ask, you know, when children ask, you know, did we do anything uh, as Israel was going through all of this as, as, and as anti-Semitism was rising in the United States, the answer is, yeah, we did. We went, we went to this major rally and that spurred on. Hopefully it'll spur on even more activity and advocacy for Israel and for Jewish causes. Uh, we are here at Nefesh B'Nefesh. Last night I um, had the opportunity to travel to Ein Surim. I was paying a shivakol to the Leiter family whose uh, son was killed by the enemy and uh, he left six children. Uh, those of you who are longtime JM Nam listeners, you certainly remember the name Yechiel Leiter who was a fixture on JM Nam in the 80s and 90s. It was a strange but very heartwarming reunion for me and Yechiel. I hadn't seen him in a long time, certainly never spoke to him in, a, in quite a while, many, many years. But when I mentioned to him who I was, it was obvious that he had good memories, and I certainly did as well. And the pain that him and his family are going through is so acute and so hard. And I mentioned both to Yigal Antara by Fast Off the Air that for me, I've been to a couple of these Shiva calls recently, obviously, the, the lone soldier um, from Silver Spring. I was there three weeks ago. Um, but this one was different because I was surrounded in the Shiva circle by armed and uniformed IDF officers, all of whom are telling stories about what it was like to serve with him. And, you know, the stories, you know, like I always say, you know, we've, we lose our best because they're all our best. And it's every, one, every time the enemy kills one of them, we've lost another one of our best. And to be in that environment, you, know, you feel a little bit, I mean, you're living in Israel, so you don't feel this as much, but I feel unworthy to be there in, in the company of these people. Um, and, at, and at the same time, you're looking at, obviously, the tragedy. They're all suffering. And at the same time, they're going to stand up in a minute, which they did, and they're going back to the base to now, you know, defend Israel in the present and to guarantee the future of Israel. And there's such just something... It was really <coughs> a different type of experience for that reason. And one of the things I'm going to take away from this trip, um, the the... The Shiva, and we spoke about Rose's funeral last week, and you know these things are are awful, and they they have a certain 
I don't want to say flavor, but a certain uh, avirat to them, especially when it's people from the United States, like these th- those two were. But this one, <coughs> someone, who, <coughs> excuse me, someone who grew up here and went through the ranks, came up through the ranks with these colleagues that I was with, you know, these soldiers. And you you hear about how you know, what he has done over the years in order to secure the state of Israel to protect its people, it just, for me, had a completely different atmosphere to it. Like, one of tremendous gratitude uh, and one of tremendous hope for the future. Uh, you know, the state gets built on the shoulders of these people. We Absolutely. Re- we regret that they're not here to, you know, enjoy the, uh, the results, but uh, we leave it to the one above to make sure that they reap the benefits and they reap the, the glory of, um, of what happens here in the state of Israel, which will continue to please God, be a light unto the nations. So to the lighter family, we say, of course, our condolences. Glad I was able to make it. They were extremely appreciative. And I think they felt what all other people feel here, that when someone walks in from New York or from thousands of miles away, you're, you're really representing a lot of people. They know, they know there are a lot of people who would like to have done this. And they know that uh, when one walks in in that situation that they're representing um, that entire group. Uh, I want to give a special thank you to listener Tikva, who not only has commented on the app already, but she has been hard at work for the last week trying to secure certain guests for us. Oh, on yes. Yes. And I think we're going to have those guests, just it's going to take some time. It's going to take time. But there are certain guests who really could comment. She has planted the seed. Right, who, who have really uh, become key members of the Israeli media uh, and spokespeople for what's really happening in this country over the last few weeks, and we will hopefully add them to our roster of our already impressive roster of guests that join us here at JM in the AM. And uh, if uh, if uh, the chairman is listening, because I have a feeling Ralph got up early or never went to sleep last night, <laughs> um, if the chairman, Ralph Rosenbaum, is listening, uh, your, your the, the conversation you've been waiting for, which will include Dr. Reich, uh, it's, it's scheduled to happen 40 minutes from now. We'll see what happens. You know how it is, traffic and all that. But hopefully uh, he will join us, and I think that's going to be a very important segment for this audience to hear how people are really dropping everything. I mean, I told you that the last time I was here, last month, I met an old friend of mine who's a pretty prominent doctor in New Jersey. Right. And the, his hospital said, take three weeks off, you know, he went back from here for, for after Sukkot. He went back to the United right, States right, yeah. to spend a week rearranging all his patients' appointments, you know, getting them to where they need to get to, and then came back when I came back, which was right after Sukkot, you know, right after a week after. How many duffel bags did he have? <laughs> so, so there are people who are dropping everything to help out in whatever capacity <coughs> they can. But when it comes to the medical field, in a situation like this, it's important to really laud those uh, who are running to Israel to help. All right, there's some new stuff out there, some new um, selection, some new music that we've been uh, sent in the last uh, 48 hours or so. This is a brand new one from Simcha Liner, Ki Ata Imadi. Perfect for, this, uh, for these times. Here it is on a Wednesday morning broadcast from Nefesh Benefesh headquarters in Jerusalem, Israel at JM in the AM. Some of us, Lord, you don't know. 
Bad. 
J.M. and the A.M., the most recent Imeshkachech, Rafi Schnidman, with that version of Imeshkachech Yerushalayim, Simcha before that, <coughs> excuse me, with Kiata Imadi here on a Wednesday morning broadcast, J.M. and Again, kudos. We are certainly emphasizing the um, turnout yesterday in Washington, D.C., amongst our uh, brethren in North America. Pretty amazing, Baruch Hashem, thank God. We didn't know what would happen once that rally was announced and people came through, especially uh, those who really dedicated their entire day to that adventure, like those who were trying to uh, get off of an airplane and join everybody at the rally and were delayed for outrageous reasons. Yesterday we introduced Tzion Leshem. He was... um, he, yeah, go ahead. Whoa. Yigal Siegel, the, uh, the producer got rogue. <laughs> Arguing with the host on the air. I like that. Just kidding, folks. We're getting along. Don't worry. We're getting along. So yesterday we introduced Sion Leshem, leader of the Navet community, and I proposed, and you don't, you don't have to do this, but it was a strong suggestion that since we've become close with the Navet community over the last three weeks since they've been... Uh, 
exile to the Shalom Hotel in Jerusalem. Uh, we've chosen them to partner up and just see if we can raise some money for them. We're, we're not making a penny on any of this. We're just encouraging people to support them and to uh, help their security needs because the only way they're going to get back to their community, frankly, is if their security needs are met. So if you want to participate and help out um, over 1,000 um, of Israel's best and about 150 families in total, 1,000 people, causematch.com slash nave causematch that's our friends at causematch.com slash nave n-a-v-e-h and there you can read more about the city of nave and its people <coughs> and you can um obviously use the opportunity to toss in whatever you want eighteen dollars eighteen hundred dollars eighteen thousand dollars believe me every single i was not kidding yesterday when i said that Sion. I don't know if we're going to end up raising for you, you know, $10 or a million dollars, but I know that you could really use the million, and it's 100% true. I mean, they, it's, the security needs in every one of those communities are so vast, it's insane. And um, hopefully, we and maybe some of our listeners will visit Nave with us at one point, and we'll be able to see up close and personal one of the rebuilt communities of the South. That will be a very important uh, aspect of the rebuilding of Israel's psyche and of the state of Israel in general, physically. Uh, and he explained that yesterday, and I don't think it needed much explanation. I think it's pretty obvious, uh, frankly. Uh, so join our efforts, causematch.com slash nave, causematch.com slash nave. JM in the AM, it is a... Um, it's funny, our guest is asking me, We have a guest this hour who's scheduled to join us now. I hope he, in fact, will. Oh, here we go. Okay. So the um, the efforts to raise money for necessary items for the Army, for people here in Israel, is a vast network of activity. And we were introduced late last week to a gentleman named Hanan Burstein. Hanan Burstein uh, has started an effort called Sahi Israel. All right, the spelling may be a drop difficult, so get this. It's T-Z-A-C-H-I, Israel.org. And, of course, there's an English section there. You can go to tzachiisrael.org slash E-N-G to get to that page. And Hanan is with us live via telephone to explain exactly what the organization has been doing. Hanan Burstein, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Hi, Malcolm. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Appreciate that. All right, so the war started, and obviously you saw, and others saw, a specific need uh, here in Israel, especially as it pertains to the um, IDF, to the Israel Defense Forces. Tell about those. Tell us about those early days and uh, what led to the establishment of Tzachi Israel. Of course. So as a former soldier myself and with family as well as friends who are fighting on the front lines, there was a dire need for essential supplies and coordination with the idea. Uh, we, we noticed there was a major issue that people were purchasing, whether it be airsoft helmets or airsoft vests, and just putting it on shipments and shipping it off to Israel. Uh, and as a result of that, people were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars that were just going to waste and therefore it was unusable by the IDF. Wow. So that's where we, we stepped in right off the bat. 
we started speaking to units as well as commanders, battalion commanders, trying to figure out what kind of gear and essential equipment they need in order to provide it for them. So we raised to date approximately 200,000 USD of allocated supplies from tactical vests to tactical helmets to hygienic supplies to tactical gloves, uh, knee pads, dry fit shirts, seat seat, anything and everything that soldiers need and want, we wanted to fill that gap. We also drive throughout Israel. So we've collectively driven so far 7,000 miles since the war has started. <laughs> we delivered to 80 different bases and we've had some rockets blown up near us while delivering for we've driven to the Lebanon border through uh, Hawara, all the way down south past Beersheba, and everywhere in between. Hanan Burstein is with us live via telephone. You did your service as a member of Sayeret Givati, and uh, I point that out because, there, as, you, as you said, and we know this is true, there are a lot of efforts going on. Kudos to all of them. I'm not here to evaluate. Uh, there are a lot of efforts going on to get proper equipment and proper um, needs to the Army bases, to the soldiers, it sounds like you have a real advantage, meaning because you were a soldier and you're familiar with how the system works and you know which questions need to be asked and how to get them answered, like where to go and where these deliveries are best used, et cetera, et cetera. I, I would assume being from your type of background and so many of your colleagues in this effort being of that type of background, that can only be a major advantage. Oh, 100%. Uh, we, get, we get questions all the time via WhatsApp, our official Instagram our official page where people shoot us emails asking what kind of headlights, what kind of tactical uniforms. And the issue, and we love that everyone's trying to help, is that people aren't aware of what to purchase. So one of the benefits is that I have a distributor in the United States who has ITAR clearance, which means they can get tactical gear such as helmets, scopes, bulletproof plates into Israel without an issue, which was a big problem. And oh. as someone who's in contact with high-level commanders, I know exactly what needs to what needs to be allocated, and from there we progress. Oh, I have a feeling you might be working with the people who actually sent uh, a lot of that gear with me the other day. I have a feeling, as you're saying it, I have no inside information, folks, but it would be funny if that would be the uh, the part of the story that brings my episode full circle. So, uh, Hanan, let me ask you a question. Um, or, or more so than a question, let me remind this audience that one of the most frustrating things about the involvement that people from thousands of miles away are having in this war is that very often there are supplies being sent, serious combat gear supplies, other times not as serious but certainly needed supplies, whether it's food items, etc., and they'll get stuck in customs or sit somewhere and not be dealt with. Uh, again, not blaming anybody per se, but this is you know this is what happens when you're sending stuff to a country from six thousand miles away. Some of those um, uh, shipment episodes don't go well. It sounds like every time you have a donation, every time you have a purchase, every time you have boxes of stuff that have to get somewhere, they will get to the place they need to get to. Oh, a hundred percent. We try to get everything. Not only do we source from the United States when it comes to bulk items, we have a uh, order. We have a $20,000 order arriving tomorrow that we place through our distributor of vests, um, Leatherman, so multi-tools, 
knee pads and hydrate uh, camelback uh, water water um, water packs. Right. So we also source here in Israel. So that means we're able for, if it comes to food supplies, um, hygienic needs, um, XL like energy drinks, that's whatever the soldiers need, we can get it also here. But the bigger bulk items we get there. Right. So for example, we also um, a week and a half ago we rented an ice cream truck, went to six different hotels in the Herzliya region, and gave out 750 ice creams to families that were evacuated from the south that are staying here in Herzliya. So that was a seven-hour ordeal, but that was just something we did on the side to try to boost the morale. So on top of getting soldiers supplies, we also try to lift the uh, overall enjoyment and try to make the stay here and uh, outside of their homes easier. So in regards to the food supplies, it's definitely harder to make those shipments. But again, there's certain things that are crucial, like hydration packs that we constantly get orders from. And we bring them out to bases. Uh, another benefit of being here is that sometimes I'll just get requests of um, money just to be sent. For example, I got a I got a request uh, from Elite Unit, and they had a rocket uh, fall on all their gear, and it destroyed everything. And they were in Gaza, so I sent them around three thousand dollars in order for them to go out, have someone go out immediately purchase all the equipment they need and then bring it back in because they needed that ASAP. And you know, that's what we're here to do. Provide for our soldiers, be there at a moment's notice. Doesn't matter if it's three in the morning, doesn't matter if it's 10 o'clock at night, we will be there constantly for our soldiers. Pretty amazing. All right, everybody, Hanan Burstein and his uh, colleagues, he's got a lot of colleagues. You can see a photo of some of the work that they're doing on the website, uh, who are doing everything in their power to get important items, um, I mean, some of them serious combat items, to the soldiers. And as you heard, the supply chain coming in and the supply chain going out is a pretty reliable one, and that's what we all want to hear. We want to hear that we're supporting a cause, that whatever is uh, important to the soldiers is getting to the soldiers, and it certainly seems that way from the work that Sahi Israel is doing go to the website uh, donate simple as that donate all of us around the world want to do what we can toss in a few dollars to um, help efforts like this I know that, uh, that everybody wants to be involved and um, and they'll hopefully be able to keep going uh, during this war with whatever is needed uh, if they have the financial help go to tzachi israel.org t-z-a-c-h-i israel.org slash e-n for the English page, and you'll see the donate button prominently at the top right of the page. And I hope everybody will give generously and help uh, Hanan Burstein and his uh, team of volunteers do their holy work. TzachiIsrael.org, T-Z-A-C-H-I, Israel.org. Check it out today. Another worthwhile effort on behalf of our blessed IDF. Uh, Hanan, continued the success with this. You and your colleagues are doing amazing work. And uh, send our best to all the soldiers as you uh, drive through Israel delivering all these important supplies. And, um, and I hope that the people around the world will respond and help keep you guys going. Will do. Thank you for having me, Nathan. A pleasure. Hanan Burstein, everybody. TzachiIsrael.org. T-Z-A-C-H-I. Israel.org. Check it out, and uh, let's make this, or at least do our part to help make this 
a great success. JM and the AM are live. We are live in Jerusalem on a day where we are sitting with tremendous pride after hearing and seeing what happened in Washington, D.C. yesterday. Kudos to everybody who was part of that massive crowd in what looked like a uh, just a, an unbelievable sea of blue and white and other colors, but uh, that blue and white uh, dominated. And uh, those of you out there who were part of it, uh, you should be... Uh, you should be very proud that you were part of this incredible effort yesterday in Washington. And here we are in Jerusalem uh, with these unique experiences and, again, transmitting to people around the world, specifically in North America, uh, what's going on here and the attitudes and the, uh, and the atmosphere that we're finding here in Israel. And, um, and uh, throughout this morning, we're going to be uh, joined by very, very special guests, including a group of doctors who we are expecting relatively soon, who have been volunteering their time. We have tried for a week to make sure we'd be able to coordinate so we could actually speak with them live and in person. It looks like it's going to happen. Please, God, Bali and Hara. So um, we'll have that for you coming up. And plenty more from Yerushalayim, Irak Kodesh, Jerusalem, our holy city. NBN, Nefesh Benefesh headquarters at JM in the AM. <laughs>
Sitting in silence, we're not okay. The things our nation's been through, the pain will never go away. All I see is darkness. How much can we take? But the spirit of Am Yisrael that will never break. Somehow, even in the darkest moments, Am Yisrael perseveres through it all. Even when the world seems broken, even when the tears don't seem to dry. Rise above, we will stand as one. I'm Yisrael Chai. Even when the pain feels so heavy, even when it's hard to see the light, we will rise above, we will stand as one. I'm Yisrael Chai. I'm Yisrael. feel so alone but we will rise up united we will get through this as one now even in the darkest moments I'm so perseveres through it all even when the world seems broken even when the tears don't seem to dry Rise above, we will stand as one. I'm Yisrael Chai. Even when the pain feels so heavy, even when it's hard to see the light, we will rise above, we will stand as one. I'm Yisrael Even when the tears don't seem to dry, we will rise above, we will stand as one. I'm Yisrael Chai. Even when the world seems broken, even when the tears don't seem to dry, we will rise above, we will stand as one. I'm Yisrael Chai. Even when the pain feels so heavy, even when it's hard to see the light, we will rise above, we will stand as one. I'm Yisrael I'm Yisrael I'm Yisrael Ahe, 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 ahe
J.M. in the A.M. That is a uh, selection from Avramel, Avram Freed, here on a, uh, actually a recent release from Avram Freed, Bekar of Mamish. Ami Chai, Denny Palgon before that, and Lo Yishama was, of course, Lenny Solomon uh, to open up those three for us here at J.M. in the A.M. We're live from Jerusalem on a Wednesday, and I alluded to the fact that we have special guests who are on the way to our studio here at Nefesh Benefesh, and they have actually made it to our studio. Usually the traffic somehow does us in and the plan doesn't work. But in this case, we are going to be joined by two prominent physicians who are part of a program that um, has prominent physicians from the United States volunteering in Israel. And we're going to get down to the entire story. Thank God we've reserved a lot of time between 7 and 7.30, meaning between one and uh, between 2 and 2.30 here in Israel, uh, to speak with these uh, distinguished physicians. We'll get the whole story from them coming up right here at JMN. There are a lot of aspects to this war that we've been concentrating on during all these programs that we've been doing over the last few weeks from Jerusalem. <laughs> this piece of doctors running to Israel in order to bring their expertise. And remember, not every expertise is, is necessary or even wanted here. There are specific specialties that are being asked uh, to come uh, here to Israel. So uh, this whole aspect of people dropping their, their appointment and medical schedule in a prominent field like medicine in order to drop everything and come here to Israel to give 10 days, two weeks, three weeks, whatever length of time it is, is pretty remarkable. And we'll speak with a couple of those individuals coming up here at JM and the AM. Mr. Chairman Ralph Rosenbaum back in New Jersey, I'm sure is very happy to hear that our guests have made it to our studio and we will uh, certainly uh, um, uh, we will certainly be uh, enjoying the conversation even though unfortunately Ralph was not able to make the trip and I'm sure that the uh, physician to my right who knows Ralph well joins me in rubbing it in as much as possible that Ralph is not here this week here in Jerusalem. More coming up, you're listening to JM and the AM.
מסיסוני, חטיבו אחס, חטיבו אחס בו אוי לו. ואני אעשהסכם, חטיבו אחס בו אוי לו.
It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com on the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Hour number two, our final day in Jerusalem for this week. Tomorrow we'll broadcast from New York City, uh, please God. And uh, one of the things about the uh, shows we did a few weeks ago here and the shows that we've been doing this week is I always say God is the ultimate producer. And we did not think that our guests today, and I think it's so important that they appear on this show, we did not think they'd be available to us in person because, frankly, since they've landed in Israel, they've been pretty busy on some very important uh, assignments, which we'll discuss. Uh, But somehow it worked out, and they're here live uh, to speak to us about a very special category of uh, volunteers who have come from 6,000 miles away to help our soldiers and help those in need, uh, literally with their expertise in the field of medicine. And with that in mind, our good friend, Dr. Steve Reich, who is from New Jersey and has a lot of fans out there in the central New Jersey area and probably other places as well. He is actually sitting to my right in our temporary studio here in Jerusalem. A pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. My pleasure to be here. Thank Might you so much. Might be your first appearance on James Anthem. First mistaken. appearance. I think Ralph is upset that it wasn't previous. Ralph's never going to live it down that he's not here for this, but hey, that's a totally different topic. Steve. That's Ralph's problem. <laughs> that's his problem, is right. And you're joined, and I'm joined, and we're all joined by Dr. Joe Salama, who's not from New Jersey. He hails from Michigan. That's correct. And he is also on this incredible mission of helping soldiers and patients who are in need. Shalom, and a pleasure to welcome you. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for having us. Oh, are you uh, kidding me? You have no idea how, what kind of honor this is for us. And you're representing, by the way, is there an estimate how many doctors have shown up in Israel from outside of Israel in the last five weeks? It's got to be, I mean, I met, I met people at baggage claim who I knew, and I didn't realize that they had come on a mission like this. So, I mean, it, it's got to be a significant number that's already been doing this over the last few weeks. Well, we came through APF. Right. I think they, uh, we, uh, let's preface a little. Sure. I was here on, on October 7th. I was on vacation here when, when, when the, the war. In what city? Where were you? I was you in sh- Jerusalem for, for Shabbat. Yeah, I was here. Right. I wanted to see, I really wanted to see uh, Simchat Torah at the, at the Kotel. Right. Unfortunately, obviously, the war exploded. And, right. and I tried to volunteer at that point, And there was chaos. And I went back home. And as soon as this opened up, and I put my name on, and thank God that they, you know, I just doesn't matter what the schedule is, I'll come in. Because we've been pointing out there are only certain specialties they're asking for, right? And, Correct. And the two of you are in the same area, and that is? Orthopedic surgery. And, and, and unfortunately, it's needed here so much, I'd have to assume, because any type of injury here likely needs some type of orthopedic expert, right? Correct. A lot of the injuries are in the extremities right. or in the spine. But, uh, you know, there are so many physicians and nurses and firefighters and volunteers and um, uh, farmers and uh, cowboys uh, (laughs) who've really come to help. And uh, certainly the Ministry of Health, the IDF, uh, coordinated, vetted all the physicians. And I think the number in the Ministry of Health is over 5,000 doctors who've already put in all their information. And all of us, I think... Everybody in the United States feels a little helpless. What can we do? And beautiful uh, for the um, rally yesterday. All right. Very proud of everybody. Extremely proud. Your community was uh, was very prominent. Absolutely. There. Very prominent. 
And uh, I have to ask Joe to tell you a story of what happened with his brother. Don't uh, tell me he was on one of the Detroit no, no, flights. He, no, no, my grandson, actually. Was on uh, one of those? Yeah, and, and my brother-in-law. My grandson uh, goes to the Jewish uh, uh, Academy, and he went to Hillel Day School and the right. Jewish Academy. Uh, they had, a obviously, for, for that uh, rally, they landed this private, you know, private jet. Landed in Washington. In, in Washington. The bus drivers would not take them because they were Jews. And they had to go back. I mean, just an they, hour they or two. They called it a sit-out or like a sit-out. Yeah, right. 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 So they didn't take him. He was, you know, I mean, this, this, these are his 14, 15-year-old kids that really, it's a peaceful rally. How can they not take this? This is, was, was so uh, we were incensed. Right. So they went, they came all the way from Detroit, and they were precluded from coming to the rally for one reason. Jewish. Because they're Jews. So, you know, it's very frustrating to be in the United States and trying to see the moral equivalency. Nobody likes to see innocent people killed. But somehow when it's a Jewish person getting killed, well, then it's understandable. Or or being inconvenienced in a Detroit airplane. Correct. So they all took this private plane and they got there. They couldn't. It was on a private tarmac. They couldn't get a bus. And apparently they left. Yeah, they went and back. that is unconscionable. And, you know, it was interesting because every time when we see a rally around the world, people are screaming, burning flags, kicking, Ripping stepping, down American flags. Ripping right. American flags, burning them, ripping down kidnap signs. And when you looked yesterday... I was like, oh, my God, we're such a nebuch of a population. Well, or the we're, opposite. Right. So, so value-driven. We are so value-driven. And everyone's like, oh, they're not even burning anything. <laughs> but we don't burn things. We are all here just like the doctors. And you should yeah. know that Joe and I volunteered uh, to go down to the, the hospital in, in, in the Gaza. Southern part they, of Israel. Right. And uh, no, no, in Gaza. In and, Gaza? In Shifa. You were over the border? No, no. no. We oh, you volunteered to do we that. We volunteered to, to do that, that right. to take the children right. uh, and neonatal right. uh, kids. And we volunteered to do that because for us, for all Jews, life is prime. And if, you're, if you believe that death is your goal in life there's never going to be an interrelationship. Now, a couple of things. And we're speaking both with Dr. Steve Reich and Dr. Joe Salama. Um, Salama? Salama, Salama, it's fine. (laughs) Both of you have, I assume very busy schedules in the United States. <laughs> so, so I mean, you, I, I assume you spent a couple of days just rearranging everything. Yes. Li- likely were then encouraged by the people you work with to go do this, right? I would assume. I hope. I, hope right. well, I mean, we ran our practice. We had surgical elective surgery right. to do. We ha- I said, you know, cancel everything. Right. Or move it a few Or move days. it away. I have a right. couple of partners that took over some of the cases because you don't want to inconvenience too much right. of the patient. No, but that. That, that this was imperative. We, this was first and foremost right. what we wanted. The and whole group we were with, I'm sorry. Sure, so we were three uh, orthopedic surgeons. There was uh, Barry Crozer, and he had to leave on Sunday night because all of the patients were delayed for the week. And for many of us, we were told previously we were going to come. So we cancel, we move, mobilize our schedule, and then they say, oh, we're on standby. So then it's another two days, another two days. But this is the priority. You have a chance to help Am Yisrael, a a chance that Israel should know that all Jews around the world, and especially in the United States, are here to support them. And it's not support. We're by their side. We're not 
we don't want to be behind. We want to be right next to them or in front of them. How busy have you been? A typical day, you're involved in what types of medical yeah. activities? So we've been, uh, we've been involved. We've uh, um, had the tremendous pleasure of being with uh, Professor Feinstone, who's taken us around. We've been to uh, multiple hospitals. We've been to multiple military bases. And uh, we've been seeing... Uh, acute orthopedic injuries. We saw gunshot wounds this morning. We've seen shrapnel wounds. And we see the, we see the brave chayalim who are here. It's not just protecting Israel. This is protecting Jews every single place in the world. Yep. And it just happens to be here. And it just happens to be that Israel is the easiest target. But they're not going and protesting at the Israel embassy, they're going and protesting in front of synagogues. They're defacing synagogues. If your problem is with Israel, and everyone can have reasonable criticism, but that's not what this is. This is Jew hatred. And if we're alive, yeah. that's the problem. And we yeah. need to, we need well, to that, be here. This is a message we always transmit to the soldiers that they're protecting all of us. Sometimes they look at me like, what? Do you think we're protecting you for a thousand miles? I say, yeah, you don't get it, but you're really doing that. Um, and now, does this move along the process? In other words, because you're here, are, are patients being able to be seen and then in turn be operated on at a quicker rate because you guys are in this country? Well, you know, there are a lot of issues uh, internally, certainly uh, on October 7th, the uh, health system, there, there wasn't an awareness of all of the injured uh, civilians right. uh, coming to the hospital. And the hospitals uh, like Barzillai and on the south were a bit overrun and they didn't have enough nurses. They didn't have a general surgeon at the hospital. The orthopedic surgeons came in uh, to help and it was really a, a bit of a balagan. And as soon as the chayalim and doctors heard there were issues, they all left. They all came. Nobody said, I'll wait to see if anybody calls. We didn't run into one doctor, nurse, therapist, radiologist. Not a single person said, I'll wait and see if my phone rings. Everybody heard and, ran. and they and went. Ran. It was a, like a naseven nishma. We'll go first. And then you'll tell us later. Yeah. And there were people who were driving, you know, said, oh, we're going up north. And then they heard the problem was in the south and just made a U-turn. Part of the reason around. that the both of you ran, because you oh, yeah, to be part of that whole thing. Now, you have an interesting history, because yes. <laughs> we're told you're originally from Egypt. Yes, I am. So, <laughs> so uh, and I joked with you, of course, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. But... Tell us about this. I mean, how, how does a young guy from Egypt end well, up in... Well, you know, I wasn't a young guy. I left Egypt uh, when I was 19 years old. I mean, it just, uh, it became almost impossible. Well, then you have fooled us because you said that was before the Six-Day War. Yes. So, we left. We were lucky. The, we were way, the, the way you look, Dr. Salomon, <laughs> we, we would not have guessed that. I, I thought you were more of a child than you oh, No, no, I'm not. I'm probably the oldest guy sitting around here. <laughs> no, so it, it, it was almost impossible to stay and live in Egypt after, you know, since since Nasser came in right. and, and and the Jewish population started to decline right, right after the 40, after the state of Israel, and then gradually in 52, after Nasser came in and the 56 war, right. and then gradually the Jewish population diminished and diminished to the point that it was almost uh, intolerable to live in Egypt. Uh, due to other situation, we left. And Your whole family left? Yes. And went, and went where? 
went to Paris. My, my father had the insight to apply for a visa in the early 60s. So when he came to the United to France in a transit visa, we got the visa to come to the United States. And then you end up in Michigan at some point. Yes, because we had relatives in Michigan. End up right. outside Detroit, in Detroit and then uh, did my formal education in the I United was going to say, so your medical training comes yes, from... from the United States. And in Michigan. Yes, I went to Wayne State University, both undergraduate and med school, and then right. I did my training also in Detroit. Right. Now, when we say that they were looking for certain specialties, does that mean there's only two or three specialties that they would reach out to the United States, or there's 10 or 15? Well, what they wanted first was orthopedic surgeon and dermatologist. Those were the two. The two that were in high demand. And uh, obviously, for orthopedic surgery, it's, uh, you know, extremity injuries. Right. And then uh, dermatology, and we talked to our colleague that were here in dermatology. They had really a lot of problem because they're in their boots and they're sweating and they had a lot of issues and they stuff we never think about that they're right, going through right and they treated them they're, they they were very busy too you know i think just to add that they have a, a list of all different types of physicians they've a lot of, uh, the largest demand is actually of psychiatry there's a lot of acute trauma and post traumatic stress disorders even the timing and the uh, precursors for that and there's really been a tremendous need. There are a lot of needs for physiatrists. There are a lot of patients who we saw who are amputees above the knee, below the knee. And these are tremendous life-altering issues. And the emotional component beyond the physical component is really problematic. And they've had pathologists come. It was uh, interesting that um, one of the bases we were at, they were going and retrieving the bodies uh, from the massacre and um, their goal was to take all the Jews. Well, what do you do with the terrorists? Their answer was, well, that's not, that's not our priority. Um, and they ultimately said, you know what, we, we have to do something. And when they did genetic testing on all of these uh, people who were killed, turns out nine of them were Jews. So the people who were going to um, do the procurement and find these people who had died, and they were saying, ah, oh, why would we do this? Why would we give the covered and respect to these people who died? Their greatest moment was seeing there were Jews. And for that, they were able to treat everybody with respect and be able to find out, to help to find out where everybody was. So... There have been pathologists, there have been forensic people, and the, it's a fluid situation. So it's between the IDF and the Ministry of Health. And they'll say, we need this, we don't need that, here's when we need it, we thought we needed it, and it changes. And a lot of it is also, you know, when we were at uh, Sheba Medical Center, the trauma center, uh, you know, they have over 2,100 beds. I mean, it's a huge facility. And coordinating what they need, and you're predicting what's going to happen. So a lot of the hospitals are stopping elective surgery, waiting In for emergencies. It's no different than what happened at 9-11 right. at my hospital. We stopped all elective surgery. We waited for all the patients to come, and none of them came. Right. And it was really <clears throat> catastrophic. So you have to have that disaster preparedness. And what they're doing is taking an inventory of each of the physicians. So rather than saying, hey, we need a doctor who can do plastic surgery, we need this surgeon, that surgeon, they have all of the information done in advance. So really kudos to 
APF, uh, there are yep. a number of EVP, a number of wonderful organizations to coordinate all of the backgrounds, licensing, medical school, graduation, postgraduate training, to make sure they're all available. And then when the IDF and Ministry of Health says we need them, then they can act. Because of both of yours experience and the number of years in the industry, I'm assuming that what you've done now with this whole episode has encouraged others to hop aboard. Am I right? People, yeah, I think, people I think are, they probably uh, look at us and, 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 and maybe are envious of us, what we did. Uh, we had a tremendous experience. I'll tell you a story at the at Shiva Hospital. We were, we were very impressed by the amount of trauma, the, the trauma that they saw and, and how they rescued the individual. There was a young soldier, I guess, a commander, who uh, got hit in the thigh, continued to fight, to put a tourniquet on. By the time he came to Sheba, he, they, he, he, he pleaded with the surgeon, please save my leg so I can break the glass under the chuppah. Okay, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately they couldn't save his leg, but uh, he survived and he's gonna be able to break the glass under the chuppah, they <laughs> told him that. So uh, that was just incredibly what we saw. The soldier, they want to go back. They want to go back as soon as they get fitted with it. That commander who he's talking about was so impressive. The chairman of trauma said, we really waited too long to amputate his leg. We should have done it sooner. But we wanted to give him every chance. And it's very hard to be objective. You know what the book says of what you're supposed to be able to do. You know what your experience says. But when you see a brave commander who's there and his only request is to step on the glass under his chuppah is amazing. And it was just humbling. And there was one other brave chayal who uh, sustained an amputation and they brought all of the psychiatrists, all the therapists, the family, everyone to come and see him. And no one was able to really reach him. The soldier we're just talking to you about, the commander went to go speak with him. And that was the only thing that brought this second soldier who had an amputation to realize that there was so much good left. And we don't take inventory of our body when it works well. And uh, once you miss it, ah, then we take inventory. But there's so much more than just our extremity. These are major life-changing injuries. Yeah. But... Uh, the emotional toll is tremendous. Did you see a lot of stuff you don't normally see in New Jersey? Oh, <laughs> for sure. I mean, the amount of, uh, you know, these were, uh, a lot of the injuries were transections of sciatic nerves from gunshot wounds. There's uh, the weapons that they used. Uh, they actually changed, you know, they, the 223 shells and 556 uh, were like in the M16. And they actually figured out how to bore, uh, open the chamber and to make, put more gunpowder and a larger uh, load. So it's more like a 7.6 or 7.62, they said. So these bullets were actually able to pierce some of the vests, and which is really problematic. And, you know, it was interesting because it wasn't that they decided to find, fight it's not fight. They decided to commit murder, mayhem, in a despic despicable barbaric. display, barbaric, of subhumanistic behavior, and uh, fighting, it, jumping yeah. out of holes, and beheading children. These are not human beings. These are people. There's nothing in the world 
that anyone would ever do to you or your family that would cause you to behead a child. And the things that the soldiers told us that they saw were beyond unconscionable. You would never do it, it no matter what. Yep. And the fact that they did really shows the depravity for life and how they concentrated on causing more damage. And it's very sad. That's the way uh, he put it, the chief of trauma is like either Genghis Khan or the Vikings. They create fear. There's no fear in Israel. Medi- We're fight. Medieval behavior. Medieval behavior. Exactly. But there's no fear because the state of Israel will yeah. survive. Oh, that we know. Uh, we have a couple of we have another set of very special guests standing by, so we're we're going to keep bringing to this audience uh, people who are um, really experiencing everything we're talking about firsthand in one way, shape, or form. Uh, but before I let you go, y- you mentioned your experience with the Israeli Air Force, right? You were involved in some type of biomedical project. Was it explain to the audience what that was all about? So the uh, there is a uh, a company called Easy Aerial, and uh, my son-in-law. Uh, and daughter made Aliyah nine years ago, and uh, his commander was uh, in the Advanced Drone Technology Division. And uh, his wife got a PhD and a postdoc, and she came to the States to be a professor. So um, this company, Easy Aerial, uh, uh, since 2017 we've been involved with, and it has drones in a box, so instead of an operator, (laughs) the drone uh, takes off, lands, charges, does its AI machine learning in the box, and it can be in the back of a pickup truck. Uh, and we have contracts with the U.S. Air Force, U.S. Navy, Marines, Army, Custom Border Protection, ATF. But uh, one of our greatest uh, accomplishments was the Gavul Chacham Veketlani program, the Smart and Lethal Border. And uh, on the easyaerial.com website, you can see on the lower left corner um, the... Uh, IDF released it. It was classified. They declassified it. And you could see these drones autonomously guarding the border. And uh, the whole idea was a vision of an autonomous system. And we're only a small cog in that wheel of a command and control. But uh, on the day of October 7th, uh, the IDF had contacted us. They said there was an emergent need for the Kavul, for the bases. And our company in Brooklyn, New York... Uh, immediately uh, shipped systems. We had recipients who had already paid for their systems from Germany and from Norway. And they said, Israel needs them more than we do. We'll go back in line. And uh, we've been having a, uh, we've been contacted by numerous uh, divisions in the uh, IDF to uh, provide the situational awareness and eye in the sky. You can see four kilometers away, you can see exactly what someone's doing. And that kind of information enables uh, Israel to see what's going on, to have that awareness and to respond. So to be in the country and having those systems uh, provide some of the security, very similar to the feeling of lobbying with APAC for Iron Dome. And Are you kidding me? And, and in many ways, a much more practical way to, to participate in the war activities. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think it's everybody uh, doing know, their the, part. Right? Everyone doing anything But you're involved that they in a can. couple of things that are just oh, remarkable. Frankly. Thank God, you know, it, uh, Hashem puts us all in our own place. I guess, to do but what you also have to have that vision that what you're doing can actually help, you know, the Jewish nation and Israel. So, you know, it's, uh, it's if 
Israel is in trouble. It's a complete existential threat, not just to Israel. It's to every Jew in yeah, the world. The entire Jewish nation, no question Absolutely. about it. Dr. Salama, Tadaraba. Thank we, you. How do we say thank you in Egyptian? Shukran. There you go. Shukran to you. Shukran to you. <laughs> <laughs> and what a pleasure meeting you. Not a pleasure meeting you. Guys. And uh, you are heading also back tonight? Yeah, we're having on the same flight, Stephen. I, I think uh, you're on my flight. We're going to oh. be right next yeah. to you, and then we can maybe we could broadcast from the plane. <laughs> uh, let me check with our producer. <laughs> Apparently, my responsibilities are over at 4 p.m. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you guys are available to Israel 24-7. You know, when it comes to me, I've got my limits, Steve. <laughs> well... We, we, we all do everything we can, and it's really, you know, it, when people said, well, how was it? It is the most humbling oh gosh, thing to imagine. watch the Chayalim, to help the brave soldiers yep. of the IDF. And these are our brothers and sisters and children and grandchildren so, and yep. parents. And you know what? To be able to do, there's no limit what... What and we're just each one of us is thousands right. and thousands of physicians and uh, all of the lay people uh, in in the world <coughs> and seeing uh, how what everyone is doing when when we came here people said oh um, Sarah arranged for me to have uh, they brought uh, shoes and and sweatshirts and for the chayalim and everyone in the world wants to do everything because this is the center of our lives. Everyone thinks it's your job. That doesn't matter. Right. And well, you, this puts into clear, complete perspective what's important Absolutely. in life. 100%. I thank both of you so much. Dr. Steve Reich from New Jersey, Dr. Joe Salama of Michigan, both uh, uh, doctors who, uh, among many others, as you pointed out, ran to Israel as quickly as possible in order to help out uh, with their expertise in the field of orthopedics, orthopedic surgery. Am I leaving anything out? That's, that's a good description. Don't forget spine surgery. And spine <laughs> surgery as well. I don't want to shortchange anybody with their specialties. Ra Ralph the Jewish would mothers <laughs> wouldn't be happy. Ralph would be And Ralph very, would be furious. And B would really Are be upset. Are you kidding me? Oh, boy. He didn't mention spine surgery. So <laughs> That's right. That would really be upset They'd about be that. upset. Thank you, gentlemen. And Thank God you so bless much. You. Thank, Thank you. you. And God bless you. More coming up. It is a uh, Wednesday morning edition of JMM live from Jerusalem. I'm
JM and the AM are live in Yerushalayim meeting prominent guests after prominent guests. You know why? Because some of our best are in the holy city of Jerusalem and its surroundings. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zevin, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Every day in Shachris, we say Oz Yashir. In that Shira, we say the words, Hashem Ishmelchama, that Hashem is a man of war. We know that Hashem loves peace. Hamavarech Esamo Yisrael Bashalom, that Hashem blesses his nation with peace. Hashem does not seek conflict. So, how are we to understand the words Hashem Ishmelchama? Rav Yitzchok Sender comments that it means that Hashem is the one who controls war. We have a parish from the Avnei Nezer, a commentary on the Pasuk Yaakov Ishtam, that Yaakov Avinu was an Ishtam, a plain person. What does that mean? One who doesn't seek to deceive is called Tom. The Torah does not call Yaakov Tom. However, it is Ishtam. Ish is one who is in control of a situation, who is the master of the situation. Here as well, when the Torah says Ishmochama, it does not mean that Hashem likes war. It means that Hashem is in complete control of the war that wages. An interesting aloha is when Klal Yisrael goes to war, a Sefer Torah is taken together with them. It is fascinating that approximately a week ago, one of our precious chayalim carried a Sefer Torah that was given to him by his grandfather into Gaza. Many decades ago, the grandfather was expelled from Gaza together with the Sefer Torah. Torah machzeres alachsan yeshalom. The Torah Doisha returns to its home. May we soon hear of the imminent release of all of the hostages back home, safe and sound, and the victory of Tzva Haganali Yisrael, every soldier back home, safe and sound, Bekarov Bekarov. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Amen to that, Rabbi Goldwasser. J.M. in the A.M. It is a Wednesday morning edition tomorrow back in New York City. Uh, I'm going to ask our guests to, uh, oh, they knew what, exactly what to do. Amazing. They're like radio professionals already. They knew exactly how to handle the equipment. Um, well, to say that I know the billets for a long time would be an understatement. I think by most accounts, when uh, one talks about 40 years, I think that qualifies as a long time. Actually, it's more than that. Whether I bill it, but both of you, it's 45 years, 45 years. Anyway, Rabbi Heshi Billet, who, of course, uh, uh, one of the great American rabbinic leaders, I don't think anybody would argue with that, uh, for decades, and Rabbanit Rookie Billet, one of the great Jewish studies and uh, yeshiva 
administration leaders over the last uh, many, many decades. They are both here in our temporary studio, Nefesh Benefesh in Jerusalem. It really is an honor to welcome you both to JM and AM. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate that. Very Thank much. you you're, for you're, inviting you're a, us. You're a former student of mine, and it, it's a, it's and so is Yigal, your brother, right. who is here. It's an honor to see uh, how much uh, the two of you have accomplished in uh, everything that you do. And uh, to do public relations for the Jewish people anytime is hard, but very important. And in this time especially, we need all the good PR we can get, and you guys do it great. I appreciate that very much, and I know you get great nachos from that, which is quite heartwarming. Um, well, I'll tell you why you're here. You're here because, not that this was a revelation to me, but it was certainly confirmed by all the people who have been visiting Israel and have seen you in the last few weeks. The two of you are, uh, are gaining a reputation for participating in chesed projects and important projects that might or might not be chesed as much as possible in the average day. And when this was told to us, I said, we must speak to both of you because if anybody, and number one, you can give us a report about all the different things that are going on in this country. But number two, as you know, 6,000 miles away, there's a limit to what American jury really knows about what's going on here. And we've pointed that out during our different trips to Israel over the last few weeks. Uh, I guess we should start then with that. I would assume as you, as you think back to both of your positions in synagogue life and education, you must be very proud of those who took the time from all areas of North America to descend on Washington, D.C. yesterday. Absolutely. We, it, it's, it is so important for Israel to get support in public relations. Uh, we get a lot of uh, bad press uh, all over the world, and uh, it's important for the world to see that the Jewish people care about the Jewish state. And it's important also to know that there are non-Jews who are also right. supportive of the Jewish state, and uh, uh, we appreciate uh, all the help we could get. We're very proud that all of our family, we have four children in America, every every single family from Florida to Philadelphia to New York. Uh, and New Jersey. And New Jersey right. were all at the rally in Washington uh, yesterday. And, and it seems it went well. It seems it was, it was I, a good program, and it went well, and that's... Uh, I watched it and listened to it, and I thought the speakers were definitely expressing their solidarity. Right. I was especially moved by the recitation for the Tefillah Lamdina. Yeah. Maybe there could have been a little bit more Tehillim, but it was very respectable. And for me also, just to see the gentle and appropriate way that Jews conducted themselves when they make a public demonstration, as opposed to others, it was Kiddush Hashem. 100%. And it was great to see Israeli flags and American flags. That weren't so, being ripped down. That weren't being ripped down. <laughs> it's, good to see, it's good to see that the Jewish people in America appreciate America. They're patriots to America. There's a lot to appreciate about America. For us living in the state of Israel, we appreciate it. And there's, of course, a lot to appreciate about the Jewish state and the sacrifices that are being made here every day now. Well said. Where did the two of you spend Shemini Atzeris? We were home in our apartment in Yerushalayim. We actually had a family. Our, our Philadelphia children were with us, with two children. They're... Um, there, my son-in-law's brother was also in Yerushalayim nearby uh, at his sister's, and he is a longtime member of the IDF and in the reserves. Oh gosh! And he was called up 
on so that you, very so you day. you knew immediately the well, ur- we, urgency of the situation. We didn't know anything. That's, no, that's you didn't, but I did. No, I knew he, no you knew he was called up. But I was yeah. sitting in shul. Right. I was in shul. It's Shabbos morning, Shemini Atzeris. Shabbos morning, Shemini Atzeris. And there's a, an older gentleman who sits toward the front who says, I think I hear something, because it was very faint. He goes outside. He says, there's Yesha Zaka. There's a siren. And then his, what, what do we do? You know, we, and so the women in the shul said, we have to go downstairs. Right. So they went downstairs, but going downstairs where I haven't doesn't mean going to a, a, um, shelter, it meant going down to the Simchas Torah Kiddush, which was on the <laughs> lower floor. And uh, that, that's how it all began. And uh, then what Rookie described, we, you know, we, we heard in, in our house because we had invited our, our Mechotanim's children uh, to uh, to Shalashudas. Uh, they uh-huh. wanted to come to Shalashudas, so our kids, and uh, uh, Ari Tager was gone. He's he, gone by then, right? Yeah. Along with hundreds of thousands of others, or maybe at that point only tens of thousands, but you get my point. Our, grand, our two grandsons are in the in the IDF, and so we, meaning serving now or called up as reservists. No, no our, our one grandson now. was was they're both serving now. Actually, one is in the military in in cyber intelligence, something called Shimon Matayim eighty two hundred. We've heard of that. Show. And the others in Hezder, uh, he's in a, a tank unit in Yeshivat Haratzion. Could, could could you address this for a moment? That as much as it's difficult for a grandparent and certainly parents to sleep at night when their child or grandchild is assigned to be in army service. This episode has made it impossible. I don't know how your children are sleeping when their children are doing the types of things you're referring to, but, and this is, by the way, being played out all over. We need to say this to the American audience. It's being played out all over Israel. People who sit all day and night especially worrying about their children. I wanted to say that I mentioned to my daughter that she has truly become Israeli because what I see from her is just an attitude that this is the only choice. The boys are in the army. That's where they have to be. They have to serve. And the boys feel that way. Oh, without a doubt. Any time we visited the soldiers in the bases, we have just found their attitude to be so positive, to be so dedicated to where they are and what they're doing and and to see those smiley boyish faces yeah. with their they look like little kids to people like us, for us totally so we you know and i just want to echo what rookie said i grew up with the expression about israel aim bray ra right no, no choice. choice and then now we're living aim bray ra and um you know, we 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 have been to many bases. We we try our best to see soldiers from all different units. Of course, we go to our grandson's base. But right. when we go to our grandson's base, we bring supplies for all the boys in his unit. We don't bring just for our, our grandson gets exactly. It's what not it, like visiting day. Right? No, that's <laughs> right. It's not like it, everybody our, gets, and, our, and, and they all get the same thing. And we might also add that on some of the trips, our grandson wasn't even there right. because we couldn't see him. He was in. His tank, but somewhere. you're expressing love and solidarity for his comrades, exactly. I mean, the people that he's serving, which with. is what he wants right. us to do. Right. Of course. He said, "Don't wait for me to get out. I don't know when I'll be out for a respite. Go. They need the equipment now. Just go." And the sandwiches that we bring from the <laughs> from the local mm-hmm. was the schnitzeleria. <laughs> oh, that that already sounds like a good sandwich. So, and we're speaking to Rabbi Heshi and Rookie Billet. So, um, aside from the base visits, what else do people? in the U.S. need to know that people like you 
are doing to try to help out. Tell me about some of the Chesed projects you've seen or been involved with. What's really stuck out in your mind over the last five weeks? So, you know, we belong to a shul called Kehilat Eretz Chemda. Uh, the rabbi named Pinchas Biton, who's up north, uh, serving as a, a Rav Tzvay. We actually visited him up in Kiryat uh, Shmona. Uh, he's in reserves. He has he's a in family. Reserve, but yeah. he has a family, yes. That but area he, of the country is essentially deserted that's, aside from the, army, Well, that's right? right. It's deserted except for the army. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's right near the Lebanese border. Um, and uh, we have uh, our shul, which is uh, led by a fellow named uh, Alex Katz, and there's a guy named Richard Norman who's in charge of the drivers. And uh, they send stuff and things all over the country. They're, they're officially, they've been designated as the place responsible for all uh, clay kodesh, all, you know, uh, things of Kedusha. It all comes from Eretz Chemda. And uh, they've also uh, been able to uh, go to places where helmets come in for the army and the equipment, and they send it out in total coordination with the IDF and with the IDF chaplaincy to uh, the entire country. It's a real uh, honor to be part of that community. Wow. Every week there are uh, challahs that are baked that, that are brought... My department. <laughs> I'm the, not going to tell... The rabbi's not doing the challahs? <laughs> no, the rab, the rab, but the rabbi sometimes drives the challahs to the bake. There you go. But, uh, but Rookie, last week, baked 60, uh, 120 Lecha Mishnah. But, uh, may I speak yes, about my own speak. stuff? Please, yes. <laughs> go ahead. Thank We're you. We're used Thank to this you. at home. <laughs> exactly. Um... <laughs> I, I grew up at a time that, uh, and you had, I think the doctor that you had before mm-hmm. mentioned something like, we are beside all the other Correct. doctors. Correct. And one of my early lines was, there's no women that are behind men, but they are beside. Mm. And We uh, all agree with you, by the way. <laughs> okay. And, Let me uh, just check with your yeah, husband. I'm, I'm behind her. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the uh, So I just wanted to say, one of the, Groups in Eretz Chemda is also something called Women's Initiative, and I'm not saying that women are only relegated to right. cooking, baking, and other things like that, but we make meals for both um, families that have been relocated. Right. Uh, it's another whole topic. We make meals for families whose the father of the family is in Milu'im. Right. Uh, we, every week, um, Rachel Katz collects hundreds and hundreds of challahs and they're distributed as Heshi mentioned all over the country we've been bringing you know to our grandson's base uh we bake cookies also to give to the uh to the boys um i must admit i hope it's politically correct to admit it that i make tzitzis i make a lot of tzitzis um at the beginning we were told only women could only make sephardic because uh, that's the sock of the Shulchan Aruch, but the Ramah says differently. And well, then, you're a Yohetz and Halacha. I would ask you the question whether you well, can or not. Then Rav Asher Weiss and oh, wow. others came up and said women can also do nice. um, tzitzit for Ashkenazim. So I try to do that in my spare time and in uh, in the car in the long car rides to the bases and things like that. Um, we... Uh, you know, we, we hosted um, a family who was relocated from Ashkelon oh, wow. and their children uh, for a couple of weeks. Uh, they wished to go back, but they said that too much trauma there with the air raids and yeah. for the kids and so on. So um, we're, we're trying 
to do our part. And I want to say that a lot of people are, are trying to do their part. There's an incredible spirit of vol- volunteerism all over the country. I do want to also mention something that we're involved with, and uh, it's just blown us away, and that's uh, Shai Groucher. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're going to be at his warehouse tomorrow, uh, <coughs> picking up some stuff to bring to the Army base. What area is that in? Where is that? Uh, Shai lives near uh, near Modian. It's ah. called uh, Mavo Beit Choron. Uh, he has Mavo a huge, huge warehouse. Home, yeah. He has. Uh, he is. He's just an incredible man. And they, we spent, they call him a chesed machine. <laughs> yes, and we we spent the day with him. Actually, we actually were listening to the doctor speak um, about uh, Taylor Shomer. Right. Um, Shiba Taylor Well, Shiba Taylor Shomer. Same, same taste. Yeah. So we visited uh, amputees. Um, when they heard I was a rabbi, and a lot of them are not uh, Orthodox right. Jews, they asked me to give them a bracha Misha Berach. I put my hands on each soldier's head, and I know the Misha Barak by heart, and they were crying, their parents were crying, they wanted that bracha, they wanted that tefillah. Um, it was a, an incredibly moving uh, experience. We, you know, we, we went to a drone base, not the drones in boxes, but much bigger drones, and we got a little bit of an education about drones, and uh, we... Uh, the we, washing machine project. Oh, gosh. Is he's just, very creative, that's what yeah, he is. He's, he's, he's he now has a, a, a hot bath project. Right. <laughs> The spa, the spa, the spa, yeah. <laughs> and he has a tremendous, he has a very warm personality. Uh, he's very, very um, that captivating. reminds us of his father, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his father, Daddy, was a, uh, we knew Daddy very well. Sure. And his uncle, Tzvi Sand, uh, right. was also in a trend, tremendous uh, Baal Chesed. Yep. And, um, you know, uh, we're going to see Shai tomorrow. And, uh, you know, it's just, a, he just, he lifts you off the, he puts you in the sky and say, wow. What a what an incredible man! Yeah, a lot of simcha around him. Your rookie, go ahead. Yeah, no, I wanted to also add that one of the things that we've also felt very gratified by was the agricultural projects that we've involved in. Right. So our son Dovi made a connection with a uh, olive. A grower in the north in a place called Yavniel, and we've gone there five times, once a week each Why week. Why do we go? Because he had Thai workers and Palestinian workers. The Thais left, the Palestinians don't come. So uh, he, and the olive crop has to be picked now, otherwise. And is that what you're doing? Yes. We, every week you for, are picking olives for yes. five for five weeks. Once a week, we drove up to Yavniel, which is near Kinneret. Uh, it's, it's all the way up the west coast, and you have to cross the country to the east side, to the literally to, right by the Canaret. Right. And we have spent five days picking olives. Yesterday, we went to another farm to pick cauliflower, and we're trying to help the farmers. And, to get and this another day, I picked um, rimonim, rimonim, pomegranates. Yeah. And um, is the rabbi efficient at, at picking cauliflower? <laughs> I need to know that, rookie. The rabbi is efficient at <laughs> being given direction by his wife, and and uh, and and he tries his best. I mean, what's your olive per hour uh, <laughs> uh, rate? I'm I've been curious. married for fifty-two years. I still haven't lived up to the standard. That that, that, that and that's. Uh, but I but, but I. But I have to imagine that rookie is is faster at, at picking olives than you are. Am I right or wrong about that? Rookie is faster at everything. <laughs> she's she's more efficient. She's more responsible. Yes. She, diligent, uh, she, diligent, she, she's diligent, right? <laughs> she concentrates on everything. Uh, uh, she reminds me to wake up out of my stupor. <laughs> I said she she is like Shomer uh, Yisrael, Lo Yonum Velo Yishan, and I think you're getting the signal to end this part of the conversation. Uh, no, she just doesn't want me to say anything. 
too cute, which I'm not trying to say. <laughs> you, have to, you have to help me address the American audience. If you were still a rabbi, for instance, in one of the largest congregations in the United States, which you were for many, many years, you know, aside from trips to Israel, obviously, to report to your congregation what's going on here, you know you'd be surrounded by thousands of people, and you probably have gotten these reports, thousands of people who want to help, thousands of people who are really taking a strong interest, even more compared to, not in the criticism, but in 2014 and wars in, that lasted you know, a few weeks in those eras, you know, there was a tremendous amount of uh, volunteerism, financial assistance coming from your school, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What would you say to people today? If you were at the pulpit now, what is the message, especially when you're now speaking to a group that wants to be as involved as possible? So my, my successor, Rabbi Axelrod, with a whole group of other rabbis, there have been RCA missions that have right. come to Israel. I think the rabbis have been taken around. They've had an opportunity to see um, some of the very difficult things to see, like the, the autopsy rooms sure. and things like that, but also to see the chesed that goes right. on. And they go back to the community, and uh, uh, I think uh, certain things, you know, in, in the, uh, you were my student, so you know that um, one of the words for money is damim, right. and uh, blood oh, flows yeah. in the body, and money makes things happen also. Correct. So the rabbis have raised tremendous amounts of money. Uh, they, they have sent over um, uh, bag loads of uh, different items. I, right. I have found that a lot of the people who have been forced out of their homes are not interested in used clothes you know, they have a certain sense of honor and dignity. Right. They, they, they're interested in new clothing. They don't want people's hands to be handed they don't, downs. They don't want hand-me-downs, right? A lot of them. I'm sure some of them will right. take hand in it. There are some very poor people in this right. country. Uh, so uh, I think that the, the Jews in America, they could pray. We believe that prayer is, is important. They could contribute. They could come and volunteer if they have the opportunity. There's plenty of things to do in this country. I know. Can I recommend that some of those people speak to you? Absolutely. About, about some of the people from my some people from my former community have been in touch with us, and we've uh, been able to uh, send right. them to Guide different them places to what to, to, to what to do. Uh, absolutely. Uh, in fact, uh, tomorrow uh, there's a couple from our community who want who don't know what to do. They right. want to do everything. They're coming with us to our our grandson's army base, and then they're going to another army base to make a barbecue. Um, and uh, they want to buy stuff. They just want to buy things for the soldiers. They don't know what to do next for the soldiers. Um, I, I and, and if uh, they want to help families in the hotels, you'll you'll know how to guide them. Absolutely, to do that as well. yes. families yes. are in the hotel. Uh, there are so many English speaking chats on whatsapp that give lists of possible activities every right. single day so that's i've been forwarding those to anyone who asks me um i and think we should mention rookies who want to write the updates uh, right <laughs> no seriously because if people follow you guys on facebook right. they will so, be able so, to see a lot of this so stuff, i right? have to yes, say I that don't do facebook, rookie, but he does right. yes. I, I i don't do facebook either i only post right. on facebook <laughs> and the, and i have to say that the last post, for example, was written exclusively by Rookie. The other posts, uh, I have contributed large sections, but Rookie is also a fanatical grammar person, and so everything has to be grammatical. Because we know Facebook needs proper grammar. We know that. Uh, well, so Rookie, Rookie, a lot of the posts have been joint posts uh, and, uh, you know, edited by Rookie. Well, and very and, important and information. And with, we, we try to give right. information that we see from through right. our eyes. Obviously, we're not in the right. Army, but we're at Army bases every week. We go to bases, and you're in the Chesed army. And our, our, you know, and I have to say, my son has also organized um, uh, twice in uh, army base uh, up near the up near the Lebanese border. These soldiers, if God forbid, there is a war in Lebanon, they're going in. So each week for 650 soldiers, he has organized 
with he's, friends, with, with friends, friends, with his friends who have uh, also a Woodmere, a Woodmere couple. Um, have, they've done pizza, pasta, salads, and music. All catered, all right catered, there. all catered, all, all baked. Uh, the oven baked on this, not not stuff on that the was premises. baked. Mm-hmm. We would came up with ovens, and uh, we've been there, and they're 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 incredible. And we've always had Mariv, and I called Gedalia Zlatowitz to tell him. There were art scroll dafyomis on on the on the on the table there, and in, and Shai Grouchers warehouse there are Tens huge of amounts of, of of that <laughs> and all the other and they have they give out free clothing to people it it it, it just Amazing. incredible, incredible. Yes, one of the things that we did with Shai Groucher also was visit um, homes of bereaved families, right. for example, in Ofakim, and you know we tried in our own way to give them some chizuk and try to offer them some words of comfort you know based on our own grief experiences and being in the rabbinate for so many years and um it's just so so painful to see these wonderful families bereaved of of loved ones and sometimes more than one loved one in the same family because they lived in the south where there were just these Horrendous, brutal. Yeah, the method of how their relatives left us is also a factor for sure. But I also want to say something about the children. Just imagine, you know, if you're an adult, you have an ability to focus. You know, you you understand the concept of death and you understand that there are are setbacks in life and you, you learn to cope with these things. Children... This, this should not be something that little children have to deal with. And so you just remember when you see families, you're also seeing children. And uh, that is, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, with Chai, whenever we go to a house with children, he brings toys. Right. He just brings toys. He, their faces light up. He'll, he'll bring them an iPad. He'll bring them this. Their faces light up. So you have to have a sense of the, the kids also that are so deeply affected by this. Finally, and not just because we're in this building, uh, although we are very appreciative to Nefesh Benefesh that we have a temporary studio here. Um... <laughs> there are people in the United States who now are considering more than ever because of the subtle, open, and violent acts of anti-Semitism going on in different areas of the U.S. who are seriously now considering making a move. Uh, you've done this already, not for the same reason, obviously. It was a different era. I, in fact, I feel bad now because I end up making Aliyah in the next couple of years. People are going to think it's just out of fear. Uh, but what, what message do you have to yeah, everyone, everyone uh, listening on this topic? They should go to France. No, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, you know, I think that you know, sometimes you get the impression when there's a war that this is such a place that's not safe. The fact is that this place is very safe. We feel very secure. We feel very comfortable. We walk the streets. Uh, we're not constantly looking over our shoulders uh, as who's following us. This is a, a wonderful place to live. In Jerusalem. True. In Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. I, I look, there are different places. Right. Um, look, in the, in the, uh, when, you, when we drive to, um, to Yavneel, we drive through the Mishulash, the Triangle. You know, we pass uh, a lot of Israeli Arab places. There are Israeli Arabs who are incredible. Uh, this guy... Um, Yosef you, you, Haddad. The, uh, Yosef Haddad. I don't know if you're familiar sure. with him. He's incredible. There are Israeli Arabs who are credible. And then there, you know, and then there are those who are, uh, who are, who are hostile and who support the, what, uh, what uh, the evil uh, uh, empire Hamas is doing. So uh, uh, I think that, uh, I think that, uh, look, uh, everyone 
has to make decisions based on Parnassa, based on the best, best interest of their children and right. their parents. Right. Some people have to take care of elderly parents. There are all sorts of factors that go into all the decisions. But I think that ultimately, if you're a Jew and you have the opportunity uh, to come to Israel and you can make a living, this is a great place to be, a great place to raise children. We have two children and 10 grandchildren living in Israel and uh, two great-grandchildren already living in li- living in Israel. And, and uh, count your grandson-in-law. And a grandson-in-law, absolutely. He's British. You've right married now. off a grandchild already. And yes, to a Brit. To a Brit. And uh, we, by the way, we appreciate the Prime Minister of Britain. He gave an incredible speech. He gave an incredible speech. Not like the uh, the wiffle-waffle, wishy-washy French. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, this is a, a, a wonderful place to be. But, you know, I was a rabbi in America for 44 years, 40 years in one shul and 44 years in another shul. So I'm, in a certain sense, not one to speak that make Aliyah when you're young, but... uh, But the message is important. The message is important, and I think that this is a great place to to be. And and you don't have to be in Jerusalem. Harotza Shiachim Yadrim in the south. um, uh, There are are wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, places that we... Communities, yeah. Communities that we've seen. uh, People in this building can tell you about it. (laughs) uh, Well, you know, and, and... and, uh, how many? Uh, how many do you think from the young Israel of Woodmere in forty years? How many families made Aliyah? Even an estimate and any any. It's any hard. Clue? It's, it's hard for me to say. I, I, Can I, I assume I, it's in the hundreds or no? No, I, I, maybe I, somewhere I, between fifty and hundred. Maybe between fifty and hundred families, I think, have uh, have made Aliyah, uh, and. Uh, you know, I think that the 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 you know the young Israel Woodman has always been a very very uh, supportive shul of Israel and a lot of projects in Israel yeah. and uh, they've uh, they're very generous people. They've uh, funded uh, uh, many many things. Uh, well, you brought countless projects and, to their attention, and, and they've traveled to Israel right. and they they've gone on missions and they and they try their very best. And they're you know I would like to also give a shout out if I may to sure. to Russell Robinson and sure. JNF USA, uh, the incredible work that they do in the South and with water and with fire. Uh, and now with the emergency campaign, helping a lot of people. Their emergency campaign, we're so proud. We're proud that we're going to the States, actually, not you know because we agree, because we agreed in August to come speak at the uh, JNF USA event in Denver. And uh, we, we're so proud to be, to count Russell as a friend and all the other wonderful people in JNF USA. And the great Another partner do. of Nefesh, by the way. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And uh, So we're hitting all the points today, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a delight this was. I'm sorry that it took a war to make this happen, but an absolute delight to speak to both of you on the air. Thank well, you and, so much. And I want to say, for me, it's tremendous. First to see Yigal, who's sitting there quietly by himself, <laughs> uh, and, and, and to see you Thank and to you. see all the great things that, uh, that you do. And the, and I just want to just say I just remember your father so fondly. He was such a great man and a great leader, great and Zionist, great mm-hmm. Zionist, and uh, he's raised uh, great generations. And Thank it's you. really, really a lot of personal nachas Thank to you. see both of you, and also to be envious that you grow a much better beard than I can. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he did all right, rookie. He, did okay, all right. he, okay. he, he stayed away from the light stuff for the most, for the most part, right? I would say. <laughs> tried, tried. <laughs> tried. Just wait till I get home tonight. <laughs> you don't want to be in the billet apartment this <laughs> evening. Now there is a tent outside the apartment where every now and then I sleep outside in a tent. Oh, and those who know the billets are, are laughing harder than those who don't. Uh, a real pleasure, and thank you. And biyachad uh, ninatzeach. Amen. Yes, Amen. absolutely. And, and Shai Groucher will be very happy to hear that you said biyachad ninatzeach because that is his slogan, and he lives it every 24-7.
And you have painted a picture of Yachad for us, which I greatly appreciate. Uh, a big thank you to Rabbi Heshi and Rabbi Rookie Billet. More coming up. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and AlchemSegal.com, and the AlchemSegal Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. J.M. and the A.M. hour number three. 
Live from Jerusalem. I want to remind everybody that yesterday we sort of informally, um, what's the word? What's the word that? Rabbi Billet is giving us a thumbs up for Tony. I think <laughs> I'm surprised Rabbi Billet doesn't know that we know that Tony gets a thumbs up. What's the word, Yigal? We're partnering, right? We're partnering with the city of Naveh. We're partnering with the city of Naveh from the south, who now have a thousand people at the Shalom Hotel in Jerusalem. Uh, we talked about all of this with Tzion um, uh, Leshem yesterday in studio after we had met Tzion three weeks ago at the hotel. He's essentially leading the effort to get what is necessary for Naveh uh, security-wise, etc. And um, they need a lot of money. That's the bottom line. Is they need a lot of money. Like every community that wants to rebuild in the South is going to need a lot of money. So I said to him that our campaign is going to raise somewhere between $10 and a million dollars. And I know you need the million a lot more than you need the 10. But whatever you can give folks would be wonderful if you partner with us in helping them out. It's, uh, and this is totally just, you know, came about because we happened to have this meeting with him three weeks ago. Uh, causematch.com slash nave. Causematch.com slash n. A-V-E-H. Again, causematch.com slash N-A-V-E-H. Some of the historic conversations on this broadcast have happened with these two gentlemen on, uh, well, actually, you know what? We had, we've always had historic conversations on flights with Nefesh Benefesh on charter flights. But the, the most recent historic conversation with these two gentlemen was during the MedEx event. Is that what they call it? They call it MedEx, right? Am I right? Did I get it right? <laughs> Which took place earlier in 2023. We had a fascinating conversation. So the goal is to continue this streak of fascinating conversations. And with that in mind, we welcome back someone who was with us yesterday, Rabbi Yoshua Fass, and of course, Tony Gelbart. He, we, had given, we had gotten advanced warning that he's going to be flying in for Israel to Israel again um, uh, during this time, and sure enough, Tony's here. So to Rabbi Fast and Tony Gelbart, co-founders of Nefesh Benefesh, first of all, thank you for your hospitality. We're, after all, in the Nefesh Benefesh conference room with the Nahum Siegel Network candies. <laughs> so thank you for your hospitality, and both of you, welcome back to JM in the AM. Tony, you look a little too refreshed for somebody who essentially just landed. I mean, what's your secret? Tell me. I need to know. Does he, ever, does he ever not look refreshed? Ask Josh how I looked yesterday, and he'll tell you that I need some advice on this issue. Here's the <laughs> advice. I do not drink coffee until I get to Israel. And when I drink coffee, it's like, you know, wide-eyed, and that's it. That's it. You and, turn yourself on. That's and I, it. And I don't, yeah. All I'm, right. I'm not, if it works, it works. Yeah, it works. Full day here today. I would assume you and Rabbi Fass have been... Very, very active and getting a lot of different things done. Because when you show up, I've been told that the work, which is always ex at an accelerated pace here in this building, when you show up, I've been told, it really, really gets going. <laughs> Josh, is that know. right? No comment. Uh, no well, comment. I don't want to give the impression that Josh no. resents that. I'm just no, not at all. <laughs> you know, everybody everybody um, contributes to... They do their part? Yeah, to whatever they can do. And everybody works very, very hard here. Well, but, then I know. But, but it's, a, it's a labor of love. But I'll, I'll still say, and we don't have to harp on this because there's so much to talk about, but one of the differences is, is in, it's, in this organization, it seems it always gets done. And there yeah. are a lot of organizations where, as you know, it doesn't always get done. So I know you accept that compliment with pride. And it's a pretty good track record. We're talking about over 20 years. So Yeah. Thank you. I'll start with this and get Josh's comments. There's a virtual Shuk Olim. That gives, I'm assuming, everybody around the world an opportunity, right? Everybody could support this. Support Israel. 
uh, with the website that supports Olim-started businesses during this hard time in Israel. Many of these businesses are based in the north and south. Others are supporting soldiers, displaced families, or the war effort, and others ship internationally. If you go to Nefesh Benefesh website, Next week, you'll be able to support these businesses and the state of Israel. Obviously, this audience knows the website, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. It starts on the 19th of November. Will there be a separate website? It'll always be on the front page. It'll be on the website, yeah. That's it, right there on your site. And all you're saying to people is, hey, spend some money and and help out here because there are people who really need the Parnassah at this point. That was an awesome plug. Thank you. Well, you're Done. Welcome. You're welcome. Did that fantastic. Did you feel the need after I complimented Tony's leadership skills that I needed a compliment? I'm as well? trying to be as perky as possible. <laughs> <laughs> trying to follow our chairman's lead. Yeah. Uh oh. And I've had two cups of coffee. I was so just going to say, sounds like you just showed up, and there's a lot on the agenda. That's what it sounds like uh, to me. <laughs> again, no comment. Hi, uh, Josh. Before yes. you, I, the document you have in front of you is going to blow everybody away. So let's do a radio teaser and tell everybody they must stay tuned because you're going to reveal some information. It's not that exciting. I Wrong. mean, it's, it's okay. Wrong. Okay. I, I went nuts when you showed it to me. You so, did. So we'll wait three minutes for that. A comment. I mean, you, you met some of these incredible heroes today, and you've helped coordinate a lot of the doctors that have come in from international places. Tell me about the doctor. Where was he from? Romania? Where was he from? You told Argentina. me. Argentina. There was some story, right? Wasn't he? Yeah. So, yes. You told me that he insisted on yes. sleeping at the hospital. So this is incredible. So we have, um, we created in partnership with Ministry of Health and the Jewish Agency and uh, the Ministry of Immigration Absorption and all of our partners here in the government and the incredible Marcus Foundation sponsorship. We have created the whole logistical back office for all the volunteer physicians meaning that there are incredible small pockets of volunteering channels to bring physicians here. But we're collating all the physicians on a database. The Ministry of Immigration, a Ministry of Health, when they get a request from a hospital, from a clinic, from the Army, goes through this database. They pick, cherry pick the physicians that they want to be brought to Israel. They reach out either through the Jewish agency or the Ministry of Immigration and Absorption or the consulates or the embassies in the different countries. Once they pick them and they get a nod from the physician, they hand them over to us and we um, are in charge of the logistics of it. Anywhere from the airfare to the hospitality in the hotels and the transportation within Israel. Right. Those are, and it's, it's, it's a Herculean effort. Yeah. Well, so far, 72 physicians have been sponsored. Um, and you can imagine just the enormity of the scale of just that, of just everywhere from the air, air for wherever they are throughout the entire world. A lot of them, well. by the way, with the same specialty as our guests this morning. Right? The specialties special- are all over it, from oh, anesthesiology they? to critical care to surgeons to forensic pathologists. Oh, I didn't realize to, uh, that. I thought it was limited to like two or three. No, 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 no. It's, it's, uh, it's incredible to see just the span I can sh- just yeah, from right. surgery to cardiovascular and thoracic surgery to to anesthesiologist or orthopedist, which we had beforehand, right. to nephrologists, to emergency medicine. They even it's, mentioned psychiatrists. No, yeah, but not this project right, right now is, is for... Acute physical acute, care. Exactly. Right. Um, so there was a physician in Argentina that had a specialty that the Ministry of Health wanted to, to, to bring him over. When we reached out and contacted him, we said, okay, this is the hospital you're going to. This is going to be your airfare. When do you want to leave? <laughs> and uh, what do you want to do for hotel and transportation? There are a few hotels nearby. Yeah, right. He was like, no, 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 no. He was like, when I come, I'm 24-7 volunteering my time for the state of Israel. 
I will, I'm, I'm a hiker. I have my little, uh, I'm going to come with a small little um, <laughs> foam mattress and I'll sleep. I'll sleep in the hallway of the hospital. I'll do a surgery. It was a surgeon. I'll do surgery as, as much as I, I'll push myself to, as, to my limit. I'll take a nap and then I'll start again the next day. And it was just so overwhelming. It was like, no, 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 just I, use the use the hotel. I mean, there are sponsorship for somebody else. Their hotel's ten minutes away. Yeah, you just know I'm. I don't want to leave. He's like, Incredible. I'll sleep on the floor Incredible. as long as I get to be. So not only are they leaving their practices and they're yeah. leaving the hospitals and they're and dedicating the time their, and rearranging all their 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 planned surgeries and coming here and volunteering their time and expertise, but they don't even want to take a break. It's just remarkable. Uh, a doctor listening right now. Website, contact at NBN. Go to the they, website. You'll see it. It's on the main page. And don't be disappointed because if you're not in one of these specialties, you're likely not going to be it's not. It's, it's, it, they're, they're, right now, the, the total data list, I think, is close to eight to 8,500 physicians around the world that have signed up to volunteer to Israel. 8,000 so, doctors. Yeah. That's the, the collated list. Um, so the chances are right. slim, right. but to be able to, you have to buy a ticket to win the lottery. To right. be able to, to volunteer, you have to register, put in the information that you need for the transitional license or the temporary license and the Hebrew proficiency, and you place it down. And when the government needs you right. or needs that professional, they'll, they'll search you out. And they've right. been doing it. They've been doing it very efficiently. And it's it's been, been working remarkably well. And amazing, of course, to hear the attitude of those who undertake this responsibility. I mean, that's one story, sleeping on the floor. But we met, you know, we met doctors who do sleep in beds <laughs> who also have this incredible attitude. No, we, we had another doctor just two days ago. Um, they signed up for a two-week stint. And we covered the hotel for two weeks. And then he just said, you know what, uh, you don't have to cover it anymore. But I'm sticking around. But I'm sticking around for another month. <sighs> and... It, he said, I see what the work that I'm doing. I mean, oh, we can't afford it for six weeks <laughs> but, uh, in a hotel. But, uh, but it was remarkable. They're just incredible. A again, we going back to what we talked about yesterday, um, the acute care, compassion, service that different populations need in the country are, are being served with the hugest of heart and love from Jews and non-Jews around the world who see it, who get it, who understand the fight between light and darkness, between good and evil. And they rolled up their sleeves and they're rolling up their sleeves to help the, the state of Israel. Uh, and they value life to a degree that we admire. Not to get into this now, but we know the difference between our people and the enemy when it comes to valuing, valuing life and to see doctors drop everything. I told you about an experience I had on the last trip when someone I went to school with as a kid uh, not only rearranged his whole schedule to come, I'm sure you were responsible for, for his stay here, but it was three weeks. And on top of that, he was encouraged by the facility where he works to do this. And he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. he brought it up to the administration about leaving for three weeks. He's got a really important specialty. They said, you do what you have to do. We will all adjust accordingly. You know what happens in a hospital when everyone has to adjust accordingly to a top surgeon schedule? It's a, it's, you know, it's a challenge. But like Especially for the patients. <laughs> like you said. Look, it, 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 this reminds me of you know, when uh, they called for the reservists to, to show up to the Army. And usually when there's a call-up, you know, you, you get 60%, 70%, you know, somebody's this, can't get leave work. And it, so these units were getting 150%. And how did they get 150%? They were just 
100% is 100%. Well, the old guys came and the older guys came and the older guys came and everybody said, look, we're fighting for our, our existence here. Yep. And so they came. So the same thing with the doctors. It's remarkable. I, I was at a, you know, a minister's office today and someone said to me uh, in the meeting, um, do you know this so-and-so doctor? He really wants to come. And I, I said, well, what do you have? They're going to do everything, anything. They're volunteering, and they'll get here. They'll, they'll try to use every kind of method that they could be here to help. It's remarkable, whether it's 8,000, how many it is. It's just remarkable that, to see the, yeah, the yachtut, to, the, the people are coming from all over the world who want to just help. I wonder help. how high that number is going to go. It's going to go to 10, 11, 12. I mean, it's just going to keep growing. Yeah, it's, no, it'll yeah. be an incredible reserve. Miluim from around the world. A reserve unit of physicians. Which we'll hopefully never need, please. Amen. Rabbi Josh Fast, Tony Gelbart, Nefesh Ben Nefesh. Okay, you have a document in front of you. We've teased the audience that I think it's significant, and I think it's frankly, some of it I think is hard to believe, although <coughs> the more I think about how many Jewish communities there are around the world, it, it makes more sense to me, you know. When I said, but explain to everybody what it is that I'm referring to. So yesterday to. we talked about Correct. Operation Hug. Correct. That we are doing in partnership <laughs> with JNF USA and FIDF to unite parents of lone soldiers in combat service here um, without a guarantee of seeing their child, but being here at the same time zone and maybe for those 12 hours that their child, their son and daughter are out of active combat for reprieve, they'll be able to give him a hug. And we went live with this a few days ago, right? We, it hit the press four days ago, five days oh, ago. Early, that's all it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were rumors and people yeah, were signing. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago we were alluding to it. Right? Exactly, right. but when it went live, right. it was literally last week. So as of a few hours ago, I have a printout of how many parents have requested for, for we've helped already close to 100, but 719 additional flight requests of parents of combat lone soldiers. The most amazing thing is that they're from 38 countries. That's the part that now got it's, me. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm proven wrong. I'm telling you right now, when we launched this, I said it to Tony, we'll get Americans, we'll get Canadians. We're not going to get people from France. We're not going to get people from Ukraine. We're not going to get people. People are not going to come and fly in, in a time of war, especially with anti-Semitism going wild throughout the, the world. And, and there's no guarantee that they're going to see their son and daughter. And it's only for active combat. And how many can we, how, how many and, people and can we afford? Many, and there's not that many commercial airlines flying. <laughs> exactly. How many fly? Right. So yeah, come on. It. I never thought of that yeah. part. USA, Canada, Netherlands, Australia, Brazil, Switzerland, UK, South Africa, Russia, Argentina, Venezuela, Guatemala, Ecuador, France, Colombia, Germany, Mexico, Portugal, Costa Rica, Peru, Uruguay, Poland, Panama, Belarus, Moldova, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan has one combat soldier and his parents coming. Um, Bucharest, India, Czech, China, and Romania. And if you look at the uh, placement, you know, I, I feel like the Olympic gold medals. You know, if you look at the placement, USA obviously being number one. But isn't France like very high up on that list in so terms of numbers? France is 6% of the, of the parent which I have is, a percentage which is like, breakdown. It's like third, third place, right? Or second place. Yeah, but that, that doesn't re really represent how many... Lone soldiers. No, I get it. But my point is that you don't... Like when Mexico's there, I think there are eight from Mexico that have already applied for them. There are more Argentinians than French. Right. Oh, really? They're, yeah, take the I, document. Have no, fun. No, that, 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 <laughs> I don't that, have to do this. That I, that I get. But what my point is that, that sometimes we, again, the 
the Jewish New Yorker doesn't realize how significant Jewish communities are around the world. And their There's something exists outside New York. And their contributions. Right. Absolutely. That Mexican Jewish families have right. have kids in the Israeli army. Yeah. That's pretty insane. I mean, yeah. not insane, but you got my point. It's just that's what struck me it's when I saw it. It's eye opening. It's eye opening. The man has he's hit the nail on the head. Is it eye opening? There's a world out there. Right. Yeah. Sorry, New York City. There's a world. There, Yesterday he destroys all of American Jewry. No, I, the, what are you talking about? Kidding, Why are you painting me? Kidding, like kidding, because the discussion before the show was that there was a rumor around here that you were a bit concerned that you may have been rough on everybody yesterday. And I said just the opposite. I thought you were... I, I thought, thought I was just were, rough on you. <laughs> correct. That's true. And yeah. the candy. But, but Stacey, Josh, the candy's but, amazing. But Josh, don't you know sometimes I'm referred to as everybody? You don't get that? <laughs> you know, this is J.M. and the A.M. after all. And, but don't get Stacy involved. I don't even want to tell Tony what happened here with Candygate. I'm not going to bring him into this controversy. <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling you now, I mean, Stacy Siegel felt, it was, remember I just said I'm not going to bring him in? Stacy Siegel felt that if we're going to have a temporary <laughs> studio here, that I have to leave something in this temporary location that reflects that this, in fact, is wow. the Malcolm Siegel Network. So what did we do yesterday, Tony? On the air, as a ceremonial act, we took two bowls, filled them with candy that I brought from the United States, by the way. These oh, are wow. these were, these were heavy lifting. These were, heavy lifting. These were chosen by my wife. Look, I saw the logos. I was amazed. Thank you. That was a really But nice. I walk into our temporary studio early this afternoon to yes. set things up. Yes. One of the bowls had been removed. And I'm like, whoa. I just put it in I'm the like, other room. wow. Like, wow. Remember when we felt welcome here? And now all of a sudden there's a the, the, there's some subversive activity to lessen the number of the Alcom Siegel okay, Network. You're getting very worked up over the candy. <laughs> I just want you to know that I brought home a few samples to my family because I thought, sorry, Stacey, that they were um, oddly very large <laughs> and that it takes around 10 minutes to be able to talk when you have one of these in your mouth. So I did a trial base. I took it home. And I made a few people in my family put it and try to say a few sentences. That was comical enough. I showed you a video. And sadly, they all But one you. of my kids said, Abba, you, you, you printed your logo wrong. It's supposed to be MBN and not NSN. I was like, Whoa. I didn't even think oh, wow. about that. So the question is, how many people are going to come into Actually, this room? I did it. You also thought it was an NFS? I thought it was NBN in the beginning. I looked at it and said, oh, NBN candies, what's up with that? <laughs> See, that's how close we are. I was just going to say. That's how close we that's are. That's how I was going to say. I, I, did I have not, another joke. When, but <laughs> when, when you have NSN, and, and then, you might be thinking of NBN. And when then you're I put NBN. my glasses on and it still said NBN to me. There you go. Yes. Well, anyway, Tony's guaranteed me that the two bowls will remain yes. in the conference room. Now, I'm not setting happening. up a guard here right oh, now. That, that's a practical no. man. Yeah. One bowl. I, I'd like the yeah. guy removed from the front. Yeah, I want him yeah. posted right. at this door. Absolutely. Uh, you're spending a lot of time in Florida for obvious reasons. It's your home. It, it's your, I know. The <laughs> he truth, does live here. The truth, no. the truth is... The truth is... Somebody asked me... I know, you live on a plate, I know. No, it's true. Asked me where I live, I wrote, it's seat 6A. <laughs> exactly. I'm 1K, but, I, 1K. But, but I do it much less than you do. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, we know your connection down there in, in the Sunshine State. Yes. Uh, it's a very, very active community. Yes. Are you getting the feeling that they're understanding the... Uh, the, uh, uh, the, the um, the enormity of the situation here in Israel, because one of the reasons we're here, as you know, is to bridge the gap between Israel and diaspora and to explain to people back home, quote unquote, in the U.S., that there's a, an atmosphere here that they'll never appreciate unless they actually walk the streets of Israel. Tell me about... You, you, you can never, un I mean, I don't care what you see. You can see a video, you can see a lot of things, but you can never get the feeling unless you walk the streets anywhere in Israel today and talk to people. 
You have to talk to people, and then you'll understand exactly what's going on here. The pain, yeah. the agony, everything. the helplessness. Everything. It's, it's all the above. But it's also, it's also the pride of, of what, um, how, how the, the people of Israel came together to combat this evil. Because before this, you know, it was a terrible split. And every time somebody tried to repair that split, it kept getting wider apart. People came to repair it, and it became wider apart. And unfortunately, and it's a huge unfortunately, um, this is what it took um, to bring us together. And um, I have no comment who, what, why, anything like that. But I can just tell you that's the, the enormity of the, of the tragedy brought the Jewish people together. So yesterday we were educated again about something that you and Josh have experienced many, many times. That every time there's a crisis in Israel, that we're convinced, and I think even at the beginning, you go back to 0203, I think you were also not 100% sure that it would be the opposite way. We were convinced that it would slow down the pipeline of people moving to Israel. Oh my God, it's just the opposite. Which is, I mean, this is what we learned yesterday, yeah. but now it's like sort of off the charts. Yeah, yeah. It's just off the charts, but it could be more off the charts. You know, I mean, uh, you want more. Not for the reasons why you think no. so. No, not, no. Uh, you know, to, to, uh, Aliyah to Israel is very important. The country is basically a, a country of immigrants, you know, although we've been here for thousands of years. But over the last 35 years, a lot of immigrants came here. And it's important for the country. It's very, very important for the country. But the issue that I see right now is that uh, anti-Semitism and the behavior and um, the atmosphere all over the world for Jews, it's pretty scary. And, you know, they're getting afraid, and people are getting afraid. I mean, think about what happened in Montreal. Mm -hmm. That's very scary stuff. And they I did it at night. Mm -hmm. Nobody was home. Nobody was in the shuls. Think about that. So um, I don't want Aliyah because of, uh, of tragedy. I'd like Aliyah because it's an Aliyah of choice. But unfortunately, um, the numbers are up for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, I know we always say that, but now this might be a permanent. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it could be a permanent thing that uh, that fear is going to be one of the factors. We, we talked about earlier today that you know, uh, after 1967, after 1973 wars, there's an increase, substantial increase of Aliyah. Um, we see that here now. But the difference between 67 and 73, anti-Semitism is in your face today. It wasn't then. So The videos, the images, what you see every time you turn on your phone after Shabbos, the weekend <laughs> activities that the enemy has undertaken in major cities around the United States... Honestly, it's really unbelievable. And I mean that, you know, as a kid who grew up in the... And we talked about it all the time. It's not like we never, you know, expected it. We talked about the, you know, how history repeats itself. We talked about how this is the really the underbelly of the, uh, of the attitude toward Jews. Uh, that if you scratch the surface, a lot of this anti-Semitism will come out. Well, the, scratch, the surface has been scratched, and now we see what the reality the is. The only answer to that is the Jews have to stand up and be strong. Not shy away, not turn away, but be strong. And, and face this uh, adversary straight on, face on. It's the only way the state of Israel has survived. Don't hide. 
don't hide. Don't hide in your house if, 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 if uh, people are going to march there. Stand outside on your porch. No, I hear that. And don't attend rallies on Zoom. Attend them in person. If you can. I just think it's ridiculous, if the whole can. Zoom rally thing. Yeah, yeah if you can, yeah. obviously. Yeah. You know. yeah, sure. I get it, those who aren't able to, but uh, physical presence is so important right now. Absolutely. Well, what can I say? We're in a situation I never would have... You know, I know you don't like me bringing this up, Rabbi Fass, but um, it was a different war in August, and I know you didn't like that reference when I brought it up last trip, especially because a lot of the activity, you know this, Tony, was right outside these doors, literally. Yeah. I mean, there was damage to this building because of those riots, correct, or not? Oh, there yes. was, right? Significant. Yes. There was. Yes. Yeah. So you're right. I should not have referred to it as war photos <laughs> that you had shown me. I get it. I went a little too far. <laughs> a little bit. But we went from that conflict or disagreement or whatever you want to call it. To, to the greatest u- expression of unity that this country has ever felt since 1948. Right. Which is, you know. And by the way, another fact. This country has never felt this sense of unity. Right. But that's where I also have to bring in the, the diaspora effect for a moment. In 19, I know this, I remember as a kid, in 1973, very few people in the U.S. had relatives in the Israeli army. I mean, it was not, you know, there were some. Because. You know, uh, just uh, practically, right? Practically, there was Correct. no Aliyah from 1940 to 1973. 50 years later, everyone. Everybody in the Jewish community in North America has. Knows a person on the block if it's not their nephew or had, child. I was just going to say. Uh, it's, it's such a proximal so, relationship. That's why it's a. Uh, it, 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 this family has become so much closer. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. And of course, not just closer in terms of how we feel about each other, but literally closer geographically. Like there's such <laughs> an. It's act- also another difference. Even if you don't have a relative today who's in the army or connected you're on social media and you have telephones and you have zoom and you have you know all this type of communication that's instant communication instant gratification instant the news instant 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 and you feel connected yeah, if you get that thing, and, you feel and through social media, they are personalizing each chayal absolutely to a point that you feel that you know the person I went I mean, to the same school. I went to shop to the same place, even if you don't know the person. The 240 people or so who are being held hostage, people know their faces already. People feeling part of them, that that's their family. Think about that. So, yeah, it, uh, it went from... And the, and the news here in Israel, they're personalizing it so much. They're having family members every, every show, every television session or interviewing brothers, parents, sisters, children. Um, just now I was uh, on, on the television in my office uh, just watching and just interviewing a, a, a girl of a, a father who was taking hostage and just, I feel like I know the family just by having listened to her for 15 minutes. That's why, and I know that, <laughs> that nobody in the Israeli government thinks otherwise. I know it. But it, it, we, th- this is going to be a very, very difficult agony for the Jewish people and specifically those living in Israel to get past if there's not some type of positive development in this hostage situation. And I know everyone in government knows this, but you know, I, I, I'm hoping that because of that desperate need, I'm hoping that, that there's some hope. I'm hoping that, we can, you know, that there will be some type of news, some type of, 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 of positive action over the next few days. And I know that neither of you can respond to this because you don't have any, any information in addition to what we know. But it just, it, it, it is so hard. You know, you mentioned yesterday, you walk out of Cinema City. 
you know, so you see all the umbrellas and all the different, you know, all the hostages being commemorated. And you walk in, you know, the banister or however you refer to the handrail, you know, here. Oh, here. Yeah. Here. Oh, my God. The airport thing. Yeah. The airport thing is, oh, well, you were just there. Wow. The airport thing is so piercing of the heart. When you see every foot as you're walking, another picture of a hostage. It's endless. You it's get endless. a perspective as to how, how many, many people- lives. It's it's unbelievable, and I, it's like, and and people are stopping and taking videos of it. Not a criticism, and I'm like, I I, I can't even process this. I can't process the number uh, at uh, at Rose uh, Lubin's Aleva Shalom's Aleva Shalom's Levaya, and just standing there and just trying to estimate the crowd. They said two thousand people were there. I'm just like, well, how does fourteen hundred people look? We lost fourteen hundred people. In a day. The enormity of loss is just, it's a scale that you can't digest. It's something that 78 years ago we were try- having trouble to digest until this day. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, we're, the world is focusing, or we're focusing on 240 because there's still life. Right. <laughs> we're hoping Hope, there's still yeah. life. But the enormity of the loss well, on look, October 7th was just uh, you know, the, beyond the, comprehension. The math. And you do the equivalency. You've heard. You've all heard yeah. that. You know, it's and it's real. To America, fifty-three thousand people right. uh, dead in one day. And, if it was done and, in America, and, and, and ten. Yep. It was done in America, and and ten thousand uh, hostages or more. I mean, that's that's staggering numbers. I have to thank, by the way. I don't know, Tony and Josh, if you saw this, but if you're like me, where you looked as much as possible what was going on in Washington yesterday, you probably did. I must thank the group that put. 240 pairs of shoes. You saw it? Yes. That oh, yes. gave me that gave me a perspective of how many people. It's endless. It just goes on and on and on. And I've said this on the air with you before. You know, one Gilad Shalit, one Zachary Balmel, four Sultan Yaakov, you know, three kidnapped boys. Yeah. We're at 240 people that are being held hostage. I'll use our last five. I know you have only uh, about five minutes left, so I'll use it for yeah, some. We have 10 minutes, yeah. 10 minutes, I'll use it for something positive. I encourage my audience to participate in the mm-hmm. virtual Shuko Lim. By the way, did you know that uh, there were some Israeli vendor shows in New York and New Jersey this week? I did, yeah. I think 40 vendors came in. People are trying to do their part. My daughter is an artist, and, uh, and she, she's being flown in next week to, to showcase some Israeli. Do you know what city? Like New York area? Or? New York, New Jersey, and maybe Denver. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, for JF? Yeah. We'll yeah. We can talk about this later. Is she very talented? She's amazing. Don't be don't be biased. Tell me, is she very talented? <laughs> I'm biased because I love her dear. Are there any Why don't you ask me? Look around the art. Look around Tony, the immense, office. Immensely, immensely talented. <laughs> Tony. Wait one second. Does Tony have any of her artwork hanging in his home? I need to know. Not yet. It's going to be a birthday. Uh, I, I do birthday have, present. No, I don't oh, have you, it hanging. I don't you, have you, it hanging. You do have something. But hanging. I do have something from from when she wasn't a star. More importantly, yes. Does Josh have a work of hers hanging in his home? Oh, probably several. Oh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. She's that good. She's in my office. Because Tony, you know Rabbi Fass would yeah. not just put up a random piece. Oh of no, art. no, no, no! You no. know that. You you know me <laughs> well enough. You don't even know the <laughs> particular much. Yes. yes. <laughs> By the way, that people might be curious on the website. Will there be some Rabbi Fast recommendations of different artwork and things that the vendors are, like things that you'd like to highlight? If you're spending a hundred bucks at our virtual fair, 
you may want to consider this. Your review, your your Yelp style I review. Do, no. I can't do that. that well, might come be, on. I don't know. That might be very valuable. Uh, how did we get here after 22 years? I don't do that stuff. <laughs> Anyway, support Israel with the uh, the website that you've gotten to know over the last 22 years, and that's nbn.org.il. Starting on November the 19th, there are businesses based in the north and south of Israel. Some of them are supporting our soldiers and displaced families. Some are shipping internationally. You could sit at your computer in Manhattan, and you can and you could literally purchase something that'll be sent to your home. Amazon type service, really? Which, which by the way, I'm told they don't have here. As I was schlepping 45 pounds of stuff. Uh, what? What? Don't Tony, did you have the same experience? Let me ask you. Do you have the same experience? Did you have people here? Did you have no. To, you didn't have to schlep no, anything. No, never. Never. What? <laughs> no, I won't, I, I won't say a word about my fast. No, I, oh, I, thank I, you. I just love how I stumble on this stuff. Anyway. <laughs> all I know is don't take too many jelly beans through the. Uh, what happens? <laughs> no. What happens? No. Just, there was a bat mitzvah of somebody. somebody. I brought and some this jelly incredible beans. tzaddik. Bought jelly beans for the bat mitzvah. They didn't stop you for that. Oh, Costco jelly beans. Yeah, like a lot. Yeah, a lot. Suitcase full. And they, I, I don't know. Maybe they thought I was. I don't know. Smuggling uh, jelly beans. They stopped him for jelly beans. beans. They did stop him. Yeah. Because I don't know if you saw the article about the uh, illegal Kit Kats coming from Japan. Oh, no, 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 they no, thought no, they, they were like probably no. pellets, yeah, BB gun. Really BB gun, whatever. They stopped me, and it's TSA. You know, going, well, good. Thank God it's good security. They stopped me, and they shook the thing. They go, wow, <laughs> these are really jelly beans. Are you sure? And he started shaking, and I said, you know what? Which was their favorite up? color? Why what do they like the best? It? Stop shaking. I'm going to miss my plane. Stop shaking. Eat one. Eat 10. Whatever, you know? But I don't think I've heard a regular traveler praise the TSA the way you just did. Because I go pretty regularly, and I would not give them the compliment. If you, you landed did. this perky, you would also be doing <laughs> good. Good point. You'd be complimenting everybody. You'd be complimenting Listen, everybody. I'm just thinking if they stop me for jelly beans, they must stop everybody for socks and everything oh, else. Trust so me, that's did. what I'm thinking. I flew, by the way, with a yarmulke wearing flight attendant. Really? Now you've been on a million. Uh, yes, and you've been on a million all flights. How often do you see a yarmulke? I'm just curious in the crew. Do you see it a lot of? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. not very rare. No. 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 I think this is the first time for me. No. Is that you're not traveling for? No, I know. I enough. get that, but I'm just. That's why I asked no, you. No, I'm no, curious. It, it's, uh, yeah. Have you had yarmulke wearing on the charter flight? Hundred percent. Then I don't. I just don't remember that. And you know what? I, I'm I'm not somebody who's uh, plugging, and I'm not a plugger right. of anything. But you have to give credit to Allah where credit is due, baby. Yeah. When you can I raise prices the way they've done it, I give them credit. They are running no, a business. Stop it! It's, it's, <laughs> I want you to know. Yeah. Shame on you. Love hate relationship yeah. no. does not end during a war. No. <laughs> okay. It's nothing to do. With I, I I'm <laughs> distancing myself from my dear friend no, with these NBN candies. Rabbi Fast. But I want you to know. Yeah. yeah. First of all, someone my size can never compliment an airline. Someone my size cannot oh, okay. comfortably yeah. sit on any seat even 1k okay. on an airline so you should right. then so that's number one right number two number two i get it that they're now the only airline flying it's not only that no. for no. operation hug for the parents for lone soldiers they're 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 rolling up their sleeves it doesn't come from sponsorships in your own oh it does come from no, sponsorships, but I'm saying, but they're but the bringing, airline, they're they're helping defray yeah. some of the costs of each yeah. flight not yeah, so much um, listen, I I'm going to say, I, 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 I say this. I'm going to yes. say this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to be very careful what I'm going to say. Just like me. <laughs> Just like you, exactly. Yeah. Um, Elhow has additional costs that other airlines don't have. Let's leave it at that. Okay? I'm going to take your word for it because you know more about this than I do. You can take my word for it. And Tony doesn't waste words. If he mean, if he's saying it, he means that. 
Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to see what I could use from his quote, but I think he's being accurate. Josh, what do you think? <laughs> anyway, oh, I have those lips. Anyway. <laughs> I, look, I said to you I wanted to interview someone from LL because they deserve tremendous compliments yes. for what they've done over these last five weeks. I mean, and incredible. You, you asked me? I did, and then the person you recommended, I realized I had their contact, but I still haven't contacted them, but I have to do it. When did we have this conversation? Right after the war started. Like two days after the war started. Who do you think brought, all, you know, who do you think brought all those reservists from all over I know. the world? I, I Believe me. Believe me. I know I'm wrong. Not, 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 no, I'm, I'm not wrong yet, with my no. attitude. I just, you know, this is, a, this is a relationship that goes back quite a while. Yeah. You know, me and LL. Yeah, quite too. a while. Yeah. And I've lost Mayor Weingarten, who, trust me, would have been a very, very good anchor for me for this conversation. <laughs> so I've got, you, I've got to do it myself. He's not here to calm me down. What am I supposed to tell you? Um, so visit the Nefesh Nefesh website and shop next week to support businesses and Israel. Go to nbn.org.il. The virtual shook for the virtual shook Olim goes from the 19th of November till the 24th of November. And I was given advance warning that Tony and Rabbi Josh have some important meeting that supposedly is much more important than JMM, so I was told, uh, so that they're going to be leaving in the next couple of minutes. And uh, I'll give you the opportunity for final words. Remember, Josh, mm. until the 20th of December, the next time I'm in this room, and the candies better be here, the next time I'm in this room will be the 20th of December. So it's about five weeks from now. That's my, that's my return mm. to our temporary studio. So as we part ways, and I get ready to write a heartfelt text at the airport tonight, you should have seen the text I said the last it's, time. It's like we're dating. Mavish, it's I'm like we're much like we're Tony, about to get engaged. I reunite with this guy. Our parents, I feel our parents, so, our parents just I feel met. So terrible <laughs> leaving him. You have no. I, although this time it's a little easier. Last time was very difficult. Very difficult. Well, I, I'm also feeling left out. I don't was, get any texts. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get any texts. Oh, last week, I, I mean, I got some candies with an NBN NS logo on it, and I was just going to offer to lock those candies in the safe. I'm just going to put them in a drawer. That's it. That's it. They're going a minute to ago, he was posting a guard. Yeah. He's changed his mind. I see. Going in, a, going in a drawer. So, Rabbi, before... Well, last, last trip, I was in a very, very bad, very, very bad spot. But um, you know why I was happy? Because I felt I, I brought you a drop of comfort. You did. So that was, you absolutely that was, did. Yeah. And, uh, and over, the, it's over the last two and a half weeks, as we talked about it yesterday, of how to pick... How does this nation pick itself up? And with that sensitivity and the appreciation of the complex life we're living with, the pain and... And anger and concern with also with a sense of hope and optimism and encouraging unity. And how do we, how do we bring beauty to this world and to merit the lives that we've lost? Yeah. So that's, uh, that's an exercise that I've been trying to do for the last two and a half weeks. Yeah, and I think you've seen. Uh, well, it works one day of the week for you. <laughs> one day of week, yeah. One day of the week it works for you. For Shabbos, sure. you have yeah. a good system. Now yeah. you just have to work on the other six days. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but and, and, uh, you, and you couldn't stay away. And I'm saying this as a compliment. And I know people are going to say you're here every Monday and Thursday, but in reality, once all this started, you you have you have stepped up even your schedule to be here as often as possible. Yes, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's true. I'm saying, because yeah. people do get the impression that you're here, yeah. you know, for half a week and then back there half a week and all that. The reality is you've stepped things up because it's very hard to stay away from here right now. It is very hard. This yeah. is your third trip. Since the start of the war. Yeah. Yeah. I came the second. Or you came third, right, yeah, right yeah. Day the after. After. day after. And uh, then, and, and Rabbi Fast told us yesterday that obviously um, both of you have this role 
of bringing certain topics to the Israeli government. And I know you're, you're looking I at him. I didn't say anything. <laughs> no. I know you think that I share everything with Nachum. I don't. You're kidding me no, so you're not much. Sharing no. It's sometimes you feel like it's just a conversation between you and Nachum, but there's five billion people listening on but, the radio. And like, you know. But the reality okay. is when you yeah. show up here, yeah. it helps accelerate things. So, oh, we, we, and it's, that's it's, what I'm saying. For sure. The, the two of you greater than the sum of your parts. But also, right? divide and, but, but today, divide and conquer as well. Right, yeah, uh, right. To have, to leverage Tony's gravitas as well. It's just certain meetings should happen without me and right. certain meetings happen with me versus without Tony. Right. So we are very strategic of when and whom and how and, but, uh, but the respect that this man receives in the halls of the of the government is remarkable. Yeah, Tony. And within by the way. five minutes of landing, we can call anyone I and know. get a meeting. And I know yeah. I can't do this because he's going to be very uncomfortable taking a compliment like that. But boy, you got a great partner. The best. He opens up doors, and I thank you for being here because I know this makes you uncomfortable. So I'll move on yeah. for your behalf. So, so um, I would just say, um, because we're running to this meeting, right. um, much more. The country than after what happened. Um, there's many, many, many times in the, in, the, in, the, in the life of the Jewish nation there are pivotal events that changes the course of the direction that we were going in. Right. This is one of them. Right. This is, the, you know, the country will not be the same. The Jewish nation will not be the same. The way that people look to this country and to Jews will not be the same as well. Because we're not backing down. And Jews aren't going to back down. And that's really important for everybody to understand and everybody to know. You can push us. You can hurt us. But you'll never defeat us. I like that people are discovering the fight in you right now. I'm serious. Oh, just now? Well, the war has brought out, you know, people's attributes even further. Correct. We've always known Tony's a fighter, but... We're in a serious situation here, and he's and he's double downing on oh, the attitude that oh, big time. we ain't going nowhere. We're not going to be pushed around. And if anything, all of us have an obligation to push back if the enemy comes at us, whether it be in a military sense or, like you said before, in an American sense where anti-Semitism is dominating in so many places, right. college campuses and otherwise. So just, we'll wrap up since you're, you're sort of with me representing um, people everywhere. Uh, we'll wrap up by saying kudos to every community in the United States that showed up yesterday in Washington. Absolutely. Simple as that. Absolutely. They were asked to do something Absolutely. and they did it. They were asked Absolutely. to fight and they fought. No, 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 uh, no doubt. Very, very important. God bless very you, Tony. Important. And God for every you. one person who was there, there's, there's a hundred who wanted to be there. Right. So. And that message has to be communicated to the world. Right. You saw 300,000, but we represent. And it wasn't on a Sunday. It, it was on a Tuesday. A work day. Or whatever it was. Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. yeah, yeah a work day. <laughs> yeah, listen. Now the flight's going. <laughs> whatever day it was, it was a weekday. People work, people go to school, people do things. It wasn't on a Sunday, like a free day you can run around and don't have to work. So imagine if it wasn't a Sunday, right. what would happen? God so. bless you, Tony. Wonderful you. to reunite in Jerusalem. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, See you soon. My honor. Josh, Rabbi Fass. It's okay. I know. I think people like what I call you, Josh. <laughs> anyway, what can I say other than thank you for your hospitality? Thank you for inspiring us. And biyachad uh, ninatzeach. Love you too, my friend. With our unity, we will win this thing.
Amen. Can you some Besorot Tovot for everyone in Klai Yisrael. Amen. There you go, folks. Two great leaders. Just when you thought I've discussed everything with them on the air that I could possibly discuss after all these years, here we go with uh, a new stage in Israel's history that's got to be spoken about and that people need to uh, be inspired about. <coughs> well, uh, a couple of things. First of all, our friends uh, in Navet, who um, are now a a cause, if you will, they are now a um, they are a uh, sister city, a uh, a city that we're trying to support as they try to rebuild in the south. We have a campaign going. Toss in a few dollars if you don't mind. Causematch.com slash Navet. We spoke yesterday with Tzion Leshem. He described the importance of uh, assistance from around the world, and hey, we're taking it very seriously. Causematch.com slash Naveh, N-A-V-E-H. AJA Carpool number 204 is welcoming back Gila and the others who just flew back from the rally. Thank you, listener Danielle. Uh, UVA Forever says, love your show. Um... <laughs> This is interesting. Listen to this one. Um, <laughs> Hanan, after this fabulous informative interview, please go home and put the NSN app on your mother's phone. That's funny. <laughs> that really is funny. <laughs> That's great. This person says, every report covering a pro-Palestine rally is followed by an arrest report. Even though yesterday's turnout was way more prolific than any pro-Palestinian event, I haven't seen any mentions of arrests or violence at the rally. Well said. Well said is right. Uh, what else do we have here? All right, so we talked about Naveh, causematch.com slash Naveh. And the other thing I wanted to mention was, um, was oh, there was something else I wanted to mention. I can't remember now what it was. <coughs> you spoke about the uh, MBN Shook. Right. What else? I'm trying to think. There was one other thing I did. Causematch.com slash Naveh. Um, I don't know. Tomorrow from New York City. Egal Siegel has um, turned down the opportunity to come and produce shows in New York. He'd like to stay in Jerusalem, he says. Please. Especially during wartime. So he's... Uh, I'm also tired. Although, <laughs> although if you do come, yeah. you would be able to schlep back a lot of stuff from Amazon. I can tell you that much. Why? <laughs> you brought it already. So... <laughs> Could I say something before we... Uh, yeah, one other thing I, I, I want to add, though, beforehand. <laughs> Go ahead. We're in Israel, and it's important that we're in Israel for all the reasons that all these listeners, record-breaking numbers of listeners, are experiencing over the last five weeks. Um, our fundraiser has a, has had a soft opening. We're not even going to really deal with it on the air until we get to our day of giving after Thanksgiving. However, <laughs> if somebody would be inclined right. to go ahead and toss a few bucks into the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, in honor of these trips, that would be really wonderful. And Chairman Ralph told me to tell everybody to give as much as possible. Not just to give, but to give yeah, as, as much, much as, possible. as possible. He said, yes. Thank you, Chairman Ralph. So Chairman Ralph. He has a Wait, new what's ad- his Hebrew name? Sh- his Hebrew name? Shimon? Schleimer? What is it? Oh, my gosh. I think it's Ralph, Shimon. I'm is sorry. It, is it Shimon? I, I, I always get it wrong. Was it Shimon? B is bracha. That's right. Okay. Um, anyway, what's my point? My point is that Ralph has a new fundraising method. It used to be he would get on the air and say everybody should give. Now he's saying give as much as you can. <laughs> so he's got a brand new approach to this whole fundraiser. You know, he should give fundraising seminars. I, th- I agree with you on that. <laughs> so now Ralph said, hey, 
40th anniversary, you, you've raised significant money in the past, but 40th anniversary, we have to set a goal of 400000 even if it's, you know, even if you don't get it, I don't care. We got to get as close to that as possible. No, well, that was his attitude. So he's, he's changed his method. It's no long give, and you should give. It's now give and give as much as possible. That's the new Ralph Rosenbaum approach to fundraising for FJB. Anyway, I bring all this up because mm-hmm. anybody who is inclined to make some type of donation and keep us going, it is 40 years. You know, I always talk about where we feature organizations that have track records. And this one's got a pretty good track. You know, every morning, with exception, every morning getting a live Nahum Siegel-hosted radio show, you know, it could be choose what day of the year. And thank God I'm there. If not, God forbid, we have a very capable and competent volunteer staff that takes over. So please, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Can I just And the next you? person who gives, Yigal Siegel will have an Amazon package sent to your house, <laughs> and you can bring it to Israel the next time you come. At your expense. <laughs> At your expense. Yes, go ahead, sir. <laughs> I just want to make uh, one of the hardest things that we who live here in Israel, who are connected to the U.S., um, is we get a lot of messages from people, you know, expressing, you know, Hope you're okay. Hope everyone's doing okay. Hope your son's okay. Who's in the army, etc. And you know, at a certain point, you realize that, and that's something that Rabbi Fass said yesterday. That as much as you, as much as someone really wants to feel connected to Israel, if you're not here, it's very hard to feel right. exactly what's going on here, to experience what's going on here. Like yesterday, you come to the hotel, and the first thing you see is is people from Kiryat Shmona right. who are displaced. And they're desperate Kudos to Kudos to the Inbal Hotel. Exactly. And to, I mean, I can't begin to tell you the chesed that's going on, but that's a separate uh, discussion. We've had a discussion about it. I, the reason I'm bringing this up is not just as your brother, but just to say that you coming here twice in the last five weeks, I think has made a tremendous difference on both sides of the ocean. First of all, I can tell you from personally, having someone like you using your time and your influence on the air to explain to people, to try and show people exactly, to, to communicate through Rabbi Fass and so many others who have spoken on the air, I think it's just, it makes a tremendous difference. And to me, it makes a difference because I feel much more connected to the people who really want to feel connected because of you. There's no question about it. You are doing, you are representing, I believe, the the especially from the, 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 the diaspora as a whole, not just the United States, because you, you know, listen to all over the world. And I think it's such an important thing that you're doing is communicating to people around the world exactly what our feelings are here, which are impossible, really impossible to feel until you're here. But the constant weight, the constant, what you said, agony and, and pain and, and everything that's going on, it's only when you walk into this country that you can really feel it, and you are the one who's connecting us to that. So I want to thank you for coming. And I want to explain to our listeners that, you know, these these types of trips and everything that Nahum does cost money. That's just the way it is. So please, fjbunity.org, please support Nahum in his 40-year mission to serve the Jewish people. And um, as we said, even though the fundraiser has not begun in earnest, it will on Giving Tuesday in a couple of weeks. Uh, it has begun. So right. now is a good time for people to help us out. Um, oh, wow. Chayal. Chayal, Chayal just, just walked in, in uniform. 
at the Young Israel Forest Hills this coming Shabbos, the topic of my guest sermon, Shabbat morning, is one obligated to stand for an IDF soldier. Interesting. Because we, in our tradition, just so people understand, in our tradition, when someone of significance, a grandfather, a teacher, a rebbe, etc., walks in, the tradition is that we stand for them as a show of respect. Correct. So now, are we obligated, like I did three weeks ago, to mm-hmm. stand on the air, to stand for an IDF soldier who you know walks by, walks in the room, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? That's going to be the topic on uh, on Shabbat morning. <laughs> Someone feels it's did necessary to bring some of the yeah. candies to the meeting. <laughs> to the Zoom meeting, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's obsessed with everything. I, did, way, tell, I, I think Stacy told me there's another bag in the house. I'm going to bring it next time. Oh, good. If I'm not schlepping stuff for you. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I just want you to know that the problem is that uh, if you if you are obligated to stand up for an idea of soldier, you'll never sit down in this country. <laughs> like everywhere you go, like here someone just walk in, we'll be going up and down the whole time. It's not even a joke. It's not a joke. And wait till you hear the psak after Shabbos, ah. and then you'll really. Uh... Anyway, I want to end with this because you just mentioned IDF soldiers, and God's the ultimate producer. So you put that thought in your head when you saw the soldier. One of the differences of last night's shiva call compared to other shiva calls I've made to victims of terror and their families, and to victims of this war in their families, was last night at the lighter home in Ain Suriam. I was sitting next to, um, next to armed, uniformed military officers, all of whom were paying the same shiva call right. to the lighter family who lost their son, who left six children. And, um, and that, to me, was just a completely different atmosphere. It was sort of like symbolic. They are here to pay tribute to their comrade, they are here to uh, remember with his family all of his greatness. And you can imagine, you know, someone from a family like that, what kind of commander he was. And you, know, you can right. only imagine. And then they stand up to leave, and they are heading right back to go and defend right. the Jewish people. And that was just a moment for me that I, that, uh, you know, I captured in my memory because it was so, uh, it, it was so s- jarring and striking to me. You know, you, you, usually people leave a shiva call that they, they, they don't have a mission when they walk out of the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They don't, have, they don't have a sense of purpose, you know, except maybe, you know, I got to stop at the grocery store, pick this up on the way home. They are right. literally heading back to their base in order to continue the mission of defending the Jewish people. Achenu Israel and Achim Achemah, brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network, and of course, any beloved NSN app. My thanks to Yigal Siegel. Here's my opportunity to thank him for all the work we get to do together in general, which is a blessing. But in addition to that, the work we do before, during, and after the trips are really, really exciting. So I thank you, Yigal, and I have... Um, just a, a tremendous gratitude for you participating in the way you do uh, in the hard work that it takes to put this together and to, and to actually execute it on the air uh, when we visit the Holy City. And you enjoy an NSN mint-sucking candy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you Thank go. you so much. Everybody, tomorrow the plan is that we're back in our New York City studios. So make sure to be tuned in for yet another edition of JMM. And we'll do a lot more rally review, obviously, on Friday with Malcolm Honline. Uh, as we continue to pay tribute to the American Jewish community for not only showing up, but being uh, such a kiddush Hashem yesterday in Washington, D.C. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future. 